This film is lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. gonna laugh at you. It's Carrie, and this film is lit. Hello, and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. It is our Halloween episode. Wanted to do this at the front here and mention we're gonna be on a little bit of hiatus here for a week or two. We're actually finally going on our honeymoon. A year after our we were married. Well, you know, it lines up with our anniversary. Delayed for, honeymoon. Our first anniversary, so it works out. But yes, we're going to be gone for a couple weeks. We'll be returning at the beginning of November, towards the beginning of November. We will have an episode out. Uh, so if, as you're listening to this Carrie episode, if you're listening when it comes out, we will have an episode out next week on Wednesday. That will be, many of you have probably already listened to it or watched it. It will be our live episode from CapeCon this year that we recorded. But if you hadn't had a chance to check that out yet, we go down and we break down and discuss our top five best and worst adaptations of all time that we've done so far and kind of talk a little bit about each one. So that'll be episode, if you're interested in that, that'll be out uh Next week, October 25th, I think is the date, something like that. And then the week after that, there will be no episode because we will still be returning from our trip. Uh, but then the following week after that, November 6th or something like that. I think the 5th. We'll 5th, something like that. Yeah. That first week of November, full week of November, we will be back with our prequel episode where we will hear your thoughts on Carrie. So if you have appeal feelings on Carrie, it'll be a little bit before we get to that, but we will get to it. Don't worry. So that's what's going on with us. We just wanted to mention that. Katie, let's get into it. If you have not read or watched Carrie, we're going to give you a brief summary of the film in Let Me Sum Up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. So we landed on this. We think it works well. Instead of doing both the book and the movie, if they're different or whatever, we're just going to do the movie from now on because that gives you a little bit of an overview. But then uh, we don't go on and it just doesn't spoil anything. We think mm. it works. So that's the plan moving forward. If you have if you don't like that, let us know. <laughs> so <laughs> here is the movie summary from Wikipedia. Feel free to skip ahead a few minutes if you don't need this. Shy 16 year old Carrie White, who lives with her fanatically religious and unstable mother, Margaret, is a loner and bullied by her peers. When Carrie experiences her first period in school, she panics, having never been told about menstruation. Carrie's classmates laugh, throwing tampons and sanitary pads at her until the teacher, Miss, until the gym teacher, Miss Collins, intervenes. Margaret tells Carrie that her menstruation was caused by sin and locks Carrie in their prayer closet to pray for forgiveness. At school, Miss Collins reprimands Carrie's tormentors, punishing them with exercise detention, threatening to stop them from going to prom if they refuse. Carrie's longtime bully, kind of the ringleader of the bullies, Christine Chris, who goes by Chris Higgins Harginson, eventually refuses and gets kicked out of the prom or gets banned from going to prom. 
Plotting vengeance against Carrie, Chris and her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, break into a farm and kill a pig to drain its blood into a bucket, which they place above the school stage in the gym. Meanwhile, Sue Snell, a remorseful classmate, asks her handsome and popular boyfriend, Tommy Ross, to invite Carrie to prom. Carrie believes initially that this proposition is a prank, but he insists that it is genuine, and Carrie discovers. Uh, Carrie then goes on to discover that she has telekinesis. Despite Margaret's protests, she prepares for prom. Margaret sees Carrie's tele- telekinetic powers and denounces her as a witch. During prom, Chris and Billy hide under the stage while the other conspirators switch the ballots to ensure that Carrie wins the prom queen title. As Carrie stands on stage with Tommy, finally beginning to feel accepted by her peers, Sue realizes Chris and Billy's plan and tries to intervene. Miss Collins spots Sue and thinking that she is up to no good, throws her out of the prom. Chris and Billy douse Carrie in the pig's blood before sneaking out of the school. The empty bucket hits Tommy in the head and he faints. Maybe we'll see. Uh, The crowd is left shocked, speechless and sympathetic to the prank. But Carrie hallucinates that everyone is mocking her, believing it was their plan all along. She telekinetically seals the exits of the gym and injures the students attempting to escape. Miss Collins is crushed by a falling basketball backward and uh, the principal and some other teachers are electrocuted. And then Carrie sets the entire gym on fire as she exits the gym and seals the door behind her. uh, She traps the staff and classmates in the school. As Carrie walks home, Chris attempts to run her over, but Carrie dodges the car and causes it to explode, killing both Chris and Billy. After Carrie arrives home, she bathes herself, and Margaret reveals that Carrie was conceived when her drunk husband, Ralph, raped her, an act that Margaret shamefully admits she enjoyed. She stabs Carrie in the back with a kitchen knife. Carrie sends knives flying toward Margaret, killing her. Then she destroys the house and perishes. Sometime later, Sue, the only survivor of the prom, has a nightmare in which she goes to lay flowers on the charred remains of Carrie's home. Upon the remains stand a for sale sign that has been vandalized with the words, Carrie White burns in hell. Suddenly, Carrie's bloody arm reaches from beneath the rubber, rubble and grabs sue sue wakes up screaming as her mother tries to comfort her the end so that is a brief summary of carrie the film let's get into it i have quite a few questions to talk about in was that in the book nicholas flamel is the only known maker of the philosopher's stone the what honestly don't you two read so as the summary mentioned the inciting incident here in the film and where the film opens essentially is uh in the gym locker room at school and carrie is showering and then she ends up having her first period and she freaks out completely and like starts asking the other girls for help because she's bleeding and she does not understand why Uh, and i wanted to know if that is what happens in the book yes that is the inciting incident in the book as well so identical there pretty much pretty much okay um, so she starts freaking out and all the students start bullying her. But then we get our first instance here in this moment of uh, kind of uh, an inkling of that Carrie may have some sort of special abilities or something like that, is that while she's freaking out at one point, she causes like a light to explode in or a light explodes, shall we say, in in the locker room. And then later she's she goes to the principal's office and is talking to the principal and he keeps saying her name wrong and calling her Cassie. And this makes her angry and eventually like an ashtray that's sitting on his desk, like she goes flying through the air. And so we're getting all these hints that there's something going on. I wanted to know if the book similarly kind of set up, you know, these little instances of strange things happening around Carrie to get to the, to kind of establish the fact that, oh, she has telekinetic powers. So these two incidents are from the book. And I would say that there is actually even more of this element in the book because we get a lot of Carrie's backstory and childhood in the book. Oh, okay. So yeah, a lot more 
yeah. build up before we get to the kind of the yes the events of the, or maybe not build up but like either whether flashback or whatever we get more background information mm-hmm. is what you're saying. okay cool uh so then we're we're introduced to margaret who is carrie's mom and i, I don't know if this is the first time we see her i don't believe it is uh, but we do see her um in one of these scenes she's going around town to the other people in the town and she's knocking on doors uh requesting i believe it's donations for like some organization she has formed that is like it sounds fairly vague i don't think it's yeah. for a specific church i think it's for I like i wasn't sure i'm pretty sure it's for like some specific like mothers against sin or something oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, something yeah, like right. that yeah. it's like some yeah organization she's doing that is like fighting against sin or whatever uh and so she's connecting these donations but she meets mrs snell who is sue's mom mm-hmm and so we're introduced to Sue's mom as well. And uh, there's this great line that I wanted to know if it came from the book because uh, Mrs. Snell is not particularly interested in this, but uh, <laughs> Margaret says to her, these are godless times, Mrs. Snell. And Mrs. Snell is holding, it looks like water, but she's holding a drink and she says, I'll drink to that. And it's a very funny interaction. <laughs> and I wanted to know if that came from the book. That is not from the book. I did like that exchange. I thought it was funny. Although I had mixed feelings about having Mrs. White going door to door, like mm-hmm. overall. In the book, she's totally isolated herself because everyone else is just so sinful. Right. Like she goes to work, but other than that, she doesn't interact with people. Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe the movie was going to approach her character with like a little more nuance Not based on that scene. No. But yes, aside from that one scene, it's pretty spot on. So that kind of felt like out of place to me. I thought it worked. It felt in line with her character in the movie to me, at least like mm-hmm. she's yes, yeah, she's a recluse for the most part. But like she she still feels strongly about the degeneracy she sees around her. So she's willing to go, you know, knock doors and try to spread the good the good word or whatever. It felt a little, it felt at least, mar- you know, it didn't feel wildly out of character to me, mm. um, at least, again, from the, the movie's version of uh, Margaret. Uh, but speaking of Margaret, I assume this is similar, based on what you've just said, this is similar, but uh, I want to know more specifically, in the film, she is uh, not only a, a religious fanatic who's deeply, deeply, <laughs> deeply in uh, to her faith. Um, she also is just like straight up abusive to Carrie. And I wanted to know if that was kind of the dynamic where Carrie's mom in the book is both deeply religious and uses that as sort of, or maybe not uses it, but is, is both abusive and deeply religious. And those things are kind of commingled in a very mm-hmm. uh, toxic amalgamation. Yeah. Yeah. All of that is spot on to the book. Uh, that is her main and some might say only personality trait. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's funny. We mentioned in the prequel that the actress who played, uh, who actually just passed away like yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Piper Laurie. Oh, I think I, I did see something yeah. about that, yeah. I think Ke- Kelly may have tweeted it or something. But um, yes, the actress who plays Piper Laurie, or Piper Laurie, the actress who plays Margaret, literally passed away like yesterday as we were recording this. Um, but she, uh, in the prequel, we mentioned that she thought that the movie was like, a dark comedy and mm-hmm. that her cause specifically because of her role she thought it was so ridiculous that like it could not be it, played it's, straight it is over the top it is over the top i don't think i think it does work yeah seriously like as a horror film and as like a deeply yeah. upsetting and unsettling relationship it doesn't feel so over the top as to be 
uh, unrealistic to me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I totally jives with me that people like that would exist in the world. Oh, <laughs> like people I, like that I have absolutely met that, I have met exist those in the world. You know, you don't meet them a lot, but I have met those people occasionally, and yeah, they they're they're out there for sure. Um, but yeah, okay. So then we move on and. Uh, we, we we like I said we had the thing at the beginning where she has her period and all the girls are like kind of torturing her while she's freaking out. So then the gym teacher now wants to rectify this. She's going to punish all the girls who are involved in 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 kind of tormenting her during this this episode. And I just couldn't get over how horrible the gym teacher is as a teacher, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie, yeah. she is. She literally just hits several kids like in the face. <laughs> Like, and I know, you know, it's the 70s. It's a little different time. But you even then not. I don't think they were cool with you smacking kids in the head. Like, I don't know. I, I feel pretty confident uh, in saying now, to be fair with Carrie, she's doing the classic movie like snap get it together. It. Yeah, which, uh, whatever. But she literally just hits Chris in the face. <laughs> On the field. I mean, some might say Chris deserved it. Look, I'm not even saying she didn't, but she's also a teacher and this is a student. I don't care if the, the kid maybe deserved it. You don't hit a student. It's not how that works. Um, like, obviously, yes, the kids were shits. But she's so, like, I thought she was kind of awful in this movie. She also, like, revels in their punishment. And she gets better as the movie goes on. And I thought her characterization kind of... Mm -hmm. becomes a little better like she she feels less weird to me as the movie goes on and more like a normal person but at the beginning she i i was so taken aback by how just uh, awful i thought she was like again she she seems to be reveling in like kind of you know punishing these students in a way that i found uh, you know not ideal mm -hmm. uh, and i wanted to know if that was uh, the character that, or if that aspect of this character, well, one, I guess if this character is in the book and two, if that aspect of the character came from the book. Um, she is in the book. Uh, her name is different. Her name is uh, Miss Desjardins mm -hmm. in the book. And I think you said Miss Collins. Yes, it's Miss Collins in the, uh, in the, film, in the yeah. movie. Yeah. And I, I, your question here, your kind of perspective, I thought was interesting. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I thought it was interesting because reading the book and i mostly listened to the audiobook but i didn't really perceive her as horrible in the book even though she handles things very similarly hmm. to the way that she does in the movie but in the book we spend a little bit of time in her perspective yeah and we get like her frustration with being a young first year teacher and like not knowing how to handle things and feeling like she's making mistakes Mm. And like she particularly like really feels like she handled the incident in the locker room really badly. Okay. And then I think like overcompensates for it, mm, okay. trying to like rectify that situation. I guess I just had more empathy for her mm -hmm. in the book because we do spend like a little bit of time with her. Well, that that would have that would have helped a lot knowing that yeah. she felt like she handled things poorly and is like that yeah. would have helped made me more sympathetic to her. And like I said, she does get better as the movie goes on. But that is one of the main things that really stuck out to me, and that was the note I had: is like, holy cow, she handled the, the situation in the in the locker room just awfully all around. Now it's a tough situation. I'm not saying it's an easy thing to handle, but her yeah. first thing she grabs Sue 
who's just standing there and is like shaking and screaming at her. And I'm like, what are, why, why did you, I just confused it. What it was like, why are you doing that? And then she goes over and it's like, yes, yeah, trying to comfort uh, Carrie for a moment. But then she like hits her and I'm like, what is, you're just like, again, I know it's a tough situation, but holy cow, you, I don't know if you could have handled that worse. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure. But again, in the movie, I don't think there's any indication that she's like a first year teacher or anything like that. And again, we don't get anything from her perspective of kind of her struggling and realizing she's she's having a hard time or anything like that. It just seems, at least initially in the film, like this is just who she is and is like that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and so she came across. Um, I don't know. I found her much less uh, sympathetic in the film. Uh, than maybe your book portrayal did. But again, she got better as the film mm -hmm. went, and I liked her more, and she felt more like a normal a person just doing their best, whereas initially I was like, yeah. oh my God. No, and that, I think that does bring up, like, an interesting, you know, kind of element of this show where I'm, like, bringing additional context to a character that you don't have, so we really perceive that character yeah. differently. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of a good example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we move on, and Sue, who I mentioned earlier, is is one of the one girl um, who who was not particularly, or the main girl who was not particularly interested in tormenting Carrie, and and feels bad about everything that has happened, and so as a result of this, she decides to ask her boyfriend Tommy to ask Carrie to prom, basically to be nice, uh, like, hey, can you ask Carrie to prom because she's you know she's she feels like a loner and outsider, and then if you take her to prom, maybe that'll she'll feel better about herself or whatever is kind of the idea. Uh, and I want to know if that happened in the book because I thought it was really interesting because the I I felt again so much of the and and this will be the the thing that come I come back to and we'll talk. This movie is very interesting to me, and we have a lot more about this later. But this was like kind of a tale of two movies to me, mm -hmm. where for like the first uh, maybe roughly half or almost maybe, two -thirds, yeah, maybe even more maybe than like two-thirds of the movie i was like this might suck yeah. i not like not that everything anything was particularly terrible but there was lots of stuff that i was like i don't like this this is a weird choice not a big fan of this this is horrible like mm -hmm. i had lots of things that just kept like slowly stacking up of like well that scene didn't really work i don't think this really worked but uh, the, oh that worked really well like here and there there would be moments but then from act three roughly to the end of the film i thought was like brilliant again we'll get to it i thought it was like virtuosic filmmaking <laughs> i'm like how are these <laughs> the same movie like i don't understand and we'll get into that more in a bit but um i did want to know if uh, but anyway so one of the things i thought the whole way that tommy goes along with he kind of like begrudgingly agrees to ask um carrie to the prom and then then the teacher confronts them about it after she hears about it. Mm -hmm. And, and they have this really weird interaction with the teacher about it where they're like, and he, everything about that dynamic felt very strange to me. And I want to know if it came, I assume it, it must've come from the book. Um, Cause it sounds like the overall, this is a very pretty faithful adaptation. Like overall, to a lot of what's yeah. going on. But again, that whole dynamic felt strange. And I think part of it was that, I, I was having a hard time getting a, a initially a vibe on like Tommy and his motivations and stuff. And it was anyways, does that happen in the book? Does, does Sue have Tommy ask Carrie to prom? Yes, that is from the book. Although I think the conceit works a little better in the book again, because we spend some time with Sue and in her 
kind of guilt-ridden perspective and we can understand like what she's trying to do here yeah. a little bit better cuz she feels she feels guilty about that incident in particular but she also feels guilty about the fact that Carrie has kind of always been yeah. this scapegoat and she's popular but she's and she's never really participated in the right, bullying but she's but also she's, never like stuck yeah she's never anything. done anything yeah. to try to stop it yeah. and she's reached a point of like maturity uh-huh. i guess where yeah. she's starting to feel really bad about that yeah but she's also still a kid so right. her solution to is this terrible. is terrible yeah, yeah it's not, it's, not ideal it, you know yeah. it's a nice thought it's a nice thought but, but like, it's like yeah like not a great idea yeah. overall yeah and I, I was a little torn on having tommy be hesitant like he is in the movie he's not really in the book which is supposed to show us that he truly loves sue because he's willing to just do whatever she wants to make her happy he's like he's kind of like this is weird but if it's gonna make you happy i'll do it right i I think it makes perfect sense that he'd be hesitant right yeah but it also feels a little odd like i'm not sure what the movie wants me to get from him i didn't mind him being hesitant i think it makes perfect sense for him to be like well i don't really want to do that like that's kind of weird like that made sense it's the it's the interaction with the teacher and then their reaction afterwards and his persistence to continue doing it after the teacher is like don't do this and they see like that whole interaction with the teacher felt so strange to me because they just like they're they're like not saying anything and they're being weird and i get it's like and some of it feels a little bit true to like how teenagers are just kind of mm-hmm. like being obstinate and not really engaging or whatever but it also felt like this weird thing that the, the the continue to do it after that and especially tommy who was already hesitant yeah. to then can still go through with it after the teachers like kind of like don't do like this is not a good idea basically and it's like confronts them about it felt i don't know it just kind of so felt strange having the, the teacher confronting them is actually not from the book yeah and i like the idea of it i think it makes sense because obviously you know this teacher gets wind of that plan obviously she's gonna think yeah. oh they're up to something right I I don't think that the script handled Tommy and Sue particularly well following that, though. Yeah. I I wasn't sure. It almost seemed like the movie wanted us to think that, like, like was trying to cast suspicion on them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that that, that maybe they're involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the whole plot. Right. But, but it's it, clear but they're it, not. But it's clear yeah. they're not. Yeah. And it, they didn't cast suspicion on them in any other way. So I was left kind of like not knowing and I and this is more what I was getting at with like Tommy's behavior and like the way yeah. that they had him act like I'm left like not sure what the movie wanted me to get from the whole thing. I would agree. There's there's quite a few instances of this and we'll get to some more later where there you know when I found we talked about in the prequel the person who wrote this uh, Lawrence Cohen I believe mm-hmm. like is basically only done this and I yeah. I think there might be a reason cuz I think the script kind of sucks but is also good like it's this weird mixture of like works brilliantly because of some things but is Mm -hmm. also like i don't know i have a really weird relationship to this movie after watching it for the first time (laughs) that i it, it it's it simultaneously feels 
like again a virtuosic masterpiece at times and a complete hack shit at other times and then i it's so strange and and a lot of that though it does come down to like kind of the moment to moment dialogue and the way the characters act yes. feels really alien yes. sometimes and i'm like this doesn't feel like humans i don't even know other times it feels incredibly human and incredibly grounded incredibly like real and and raw and stuff and then other times i feel like i'm like watching the worst local theater that i've ever yeah. seen like it's so strange it's just it's very interesting well and i wonder if because one thing that i feel like stephen king is pretty good at in his writing is bouncing around two different perspectives and giving us like exactly what we need yeah in that person's perspective to contribute to the story overall and i wonder if the the person who adapted it just kind of struggled with getting that into the script in a way in, that felt like human and natural yeah. without having like a voiceover yeah, explaining their yeah, thoughts i guess it's so strange again we'll get some more scenes later that that, that i felt really didn't work but it's is it, it was a fascinating watch i'll say that much Okay, so moving on, uh, we, we, they then, during this conversation with the teacher, I think this is when this scene takes place, she mentions that if Tommy goes to prom with Carrie, mm -hmm. Sue can't go to prom because you have to have a date to go to prom? And I was yeah. like, wait, what? I don't, I had the same question during this scene. Uh, is not meant this is not mentioned in the book i've never heard this in I, anything i've never before. heard that ever sue does sue does decide on her own not to go to prom right in the book uh, i feel like we're gonna have to throw this one to any listeners who were in high school at this time yeah because i like this is something that i could see being yeah, potentially, true, yeah. potentially, yeah, like, but also yeah. like I've never heard I've of that. I've never heard that. <laughs> the only thing I could think, is, and 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 it didn't, it, it did not remotely come across this way in the movie, is that the only other possible explanation is that she's not saying that she's not allowed, yeah. but she's saying like, oh, you can't go to prom without a date, like you'll be ridiculed, or like, right. like she's implying like you don't want to go to prom without a date because like. I you would, know, but I, that's not how it comes across no, at all in the scene. I, I it seems like she's like saying I would have to rewatch the scene again. But right now, sitting right yes. here, I would swear on my yes. life that she says you won't be allowed yes. to go. Something along those lines. A date. Yeah, I thought I, I agree. As like I said, the only thing I could think is that if we misinterpreted it slightly, but I don't think that's the case. And she's just yeah. saying like. You don't want to go to prom without a date. But, like, I know. I'm pretty sure she says you can't go to prom without a Like, literally, you aren't allowed. I'm like, wait, that's, no way that's a rule. I know, I've i never heard that before. But maybe it was in some places. Who knows? I don't know. Seems very strange. But, okay. Uh, so then we're getting closer to prom. And now Chris, because she did, she basically walked out on the, she, she got, all of the girls who were in trouble, they got, uh, in like, a week's worth of gym detention where they had to, like, do manual physical exercise for a week mm -hmm. and chris was like screw this i'm not doing it and so she's forbidden from going to prom so in order to get revenge her and her boyfriend billy played by john travolta a young john travolta yes. who is i think terrible in this oh, movie who, who is awful in I, this movie I, is, i'll so, say I, it I, I went and watched i went and read some like imdb reviews and it blew i read so like a handful of stuff today just because i had to see if anybody shared my feelings on this movie and uh -huh. some people did it's actually i was more people who were like a lot of this movie's weird than I like yeah. than I was expecting, considering how like kind of universally praised it is. But a lot of people 
or you know, most of the reviews are like nine, ten stars. This movie's perfect, brilliant, amazing, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, do you I, only remember I'm, the last? Yes, act? yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be it. But I, I some I saw somebody specifically praising <laughs> John Travolta's performance in this, and I thought He's he was so awful, bad. And I don't even know if it's him or the the script or the direction. You know I what think I mean? it's like, got to be a little bit of both because Travolta generally is pretty good in stuff. So yeah, like, yeah he's usually, he's pretty, usually fine. pretty good. And, but so I don't know, but I thought he was awful in this. Um, but anyway, so they're going to get revenge. So they go to a pig farm to kill and they kill a pig to drain its blood so that they can set up this prank to dump blood on Carrie. Uh, it, when she wins prom, um, <laughs> And again, I, I can't mention enough how much all of Billy and Chris's dialogue has this weird, uncanny valley-ness to it. Specifically yes. these two. Yes, these two are... And this isn't the scene in the car. I have a note about that later. But this is a scene of them sneaking, even yeah. sneaking into the, the pig farm. The, I don't even remember what they're saying, but I'm like, this is not how people talk. No, every single happening? scene between these two was incomprehensible. Yeah. I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, you're saying words. Yes. But I cannot follow your conversation. What are you and saying? And I was like, is this intentional? Is it is it supposed to be like, oh, they're like the, the vapid popular kids, so they, they literally don't even say things that make sense? They, I don't think that's it, but it's truly mind-blowing how every scene these characters have together just seems like they're just saying nonsense and i'm like what is <laughs> happening and again maybe that's intentional but it doesn't feel like it I, is i don't know because every time they had a scene together i felt like i was listening to like sims yeah like babble at each other and it's particularly weird because chris when and again maybe maybe i don't know maybe i'm missing the brilliance of it maybe it is just like a brilliant kind of commentary but like because uh, the scenes where chris has with other people she sounds like a normal person yeah like kind of yeah. and i don't know anyways but I want to know if they sneak into a pig farm and kill a pig to drain its blood to dump on, uh, which again, it, the pig was going to die anyway. So, but like, still weird, still in, an insane person thing to do. Yes. But like, yeah. Uh, but then uh, I want to know if they do that. And then also, do they put it up in the in the rafters like days before the prom, and apparently nobody notices this? I was so confused about that, but. Again, not that not that that matters that much in the <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Whatever, it's you know the conceit for the end. But right, uh, does that all happen? They do kill a pig to get the blood. Uh, in classic King style, it is described in much more detail in the ah, book. So I was happy to skip most of that. Yeah, we just kind of see him swing a sledgehammer. Yeah, and then it like off goes camera, to black. Basically, yeah. Uh, I think that it's like the day before prom when they put the blood up in the rafters. They do put it like up. In the like rafters above the, the auditorium stage yeah. in the book, I don't recall exactly, but it's like a, the day before or a couple days before. I think it was more hidden in the book, though. Was kind of the vibe that I got. There was an incredibly extended description of like behind the stage and like the rafters and yeah. like the catwalk and all of that that my eyes kind of glazed over during but i got the impression that it was more hidden it, it wouldn't have been an issue to me except for that in the film like like i wouldn't have even thought twice about it except mm -hmm. for the fact that we see them put the bucket up in the rafters and then like a scene or two later we're watching all the students decorate the yes. gymnasium for prom on very tall ladders in daylight like on, in, it's yeah it, on terrifyingly tall yes, ladders yes. while it's light out and i'm like that scene should have been before 
I agree. They should have. And maybe that was just an editing. I don't know, but it blew. Uh, yeah, because I was like, why would you have them put the bucket up there before we see them decorating the entire gymnasium? Because somebody would see that bucket. Like I it, agree. Like it just makes it's so simple for them to just have put it up there the night before. Yeah. Everything's already decorated. It's ready to go. They sneak in there at the last minute, put it up there. Nobody looks after that. But we literally see the students decorating after they put the bucket up there. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Fine. Sure. Get to the night of prom. Carrie is very excited to go to prom. She finally does agree to go with Tommy. Uh, he, he does a very classic not taking no for an problematic yes. 70s not taking no for an answer. Yes. Uh, but it's fine because it, yeah. he means well. Yeah. He does mean well, so it's fine that he just barges through her eight no's in a row and then finally gets a <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, but uh, the uh, so she's getting ready for prom. She's actually kind of excited and ready to go. And she's like, got a, she's dressed that she's made and everything. But her mom is like kind of telling her she doesn't want to go and or that she doesn't want her to go and that she can't go and all this sort of stuff. But Carrie at this point actually does kind of stand up for herself and is like, no, look, I'm going. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. I, I liked that kind of. You know, mm -hmm. her finally sticking up for herself after getting to a point where she can stick up for herself to her mother and and kind of defy her mom, who has been to this point in the film a, a, a traumatic force of nature yes. who just kind of abuses her and does whatever she wants. And, and Carrie seems to have almost no agency. Uh, yeah, she does. That plays out pretty similarly to how it is in the book. Her mom tries to tell her she can't go and she's like. Mm, yeah. I'm gonna go. This is another peg in the board of what makes this the the ending of this movie so effective is because you it's it's just it's you one can more. Kind of, you can like see her kind of coming into her own. Yes, yeah. it's just one more in the in the tragedy of this film. It's one more thing. It's like, oh wow, look at her. She's actually standing up for herself. She's getting she's moving in the right direction. She's gonna be able to get out from under her mom's thumb, and then you know you know where this is all going. Right. So it's just one more thing, which I have a note about later is. One more, I think it's my next note actually, almost. But it's one more thing in that, in that, in that, in that ladder of just like building up the 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 eventual fall. One more mm -hmm. rung in the ladder uh, to the eventual uh, fall uh, that we all know is coming at the end of this. Uh, but during this scene, uh, maybe the most famous line from this movie. The only other thing I knew other than when Carrie gets blood dumped on her in prom, which is the only thing I knew from this movie, not even what happens before or after that. I didn't know nothing of the context of that. I just knew <laughs> she gets blood dumped on her. And then I was like, I th and then I like, she like, maybe it like something happens bad. I don't know. But I've, ne I've never <laughs> even seen what happened after the blood dumping. I'd only seen up to the blood dumping. And that was the only part of it. So anyways. But I had heard this line, which is, they're all going to laugh at you, uh, which is her mom telling everybody or telling that all the students are actually just going to laugh at her and they're, it's all a ploy to make fun of her and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And does that line, they're all going to laugh at you, come from the book? I don't think this is in the book. I, I wasn't able to get a hold of an ebook copy of this. I am still like 16th down on the hold list for it uh, through my library. Um, so I could not do any line searches, but I think this is a movie edition. Okay. If you have an ebook copy, feel free to search that up and support me or correct me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that brings us to the thing that I just mentioned, which is that I think the thing that works best about this movie, there's a few things that work really well. One, the whole climax is brilliant. Uh, two, another thing we'll talk about in a minute. But th this is the other thing that I think works really, really well and what makes the movie so kind of emotionally effective 
is the awful anticipation of what is coming because we all know this is going to end horribly. Mm -hmm. The dramatic irony in the in this film is just brutal. And if you don't know, dramatic irony just means the audience knows something that the character doesn't. Yes. <laughs> um, to, and that can be a whole bunch of different things. But in this particular instance, we know that there's prank is set up. Yeah. To, to dump blood on Carrie and she has no idea. I mean, obviously she has some suspicions that something might happen, but she's gotten to the point where she's willing to just go and, and, and kind of have a good time. And we know what is coming. Um, and we keep hoping maybe it's not going to happen. But I wanted to know if the book had this similar dramatic irony, because I could see both ways. I could, I, I could imagine a book where we don't know this is all being set up and mm -hmm. we find out after she gets all the blood dumped on her that this whole plot was in motion or whatever. I, that would surprise me, but I could see that. But I, so I, the main question is, does the book have that same sort of, uh, sort of dramatic irony of us seeing what is coming and dreading it? And is that uh, the thing that kind of really makes all of this work in a horrible, depressing, awful way? Yes, the book does. It is just as brutal. I would say the book plays with that more. Oh, really? Because the book has a there's a lot of kind of um nonlinear storytelling mm -hmm. kind of um where we get little snippets of stuff from after the entire oh. events of the prom night okay. so we know what happens yeah you know for sure yes that... we know for sure what happens now the movie you know at this point us watching it in 2023 culturally culturally we know, but... we know she gets the blood dumped right, on her right but if you went yes. to see this in the theater you in 1976 yeah. you might not like you would know about the prank but you might be sitting there thinking it oh could, maybe, maybe it won't happen maybe sue stops it maybe, yeah yeah whatever but both the book and the movie really play with that aspect of dramatic irony that you brought yeah. up where you're, you know, you're watching a tragedy unfold and you're, you know how it's going to end, but there is still that part of you that thinks, Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll work out. Okay. Because you do in both the book and the movie, you're really rooting for Carrie. Oh yes. And that is, cause that is the other thing that really to me works about this. And I had a note about it later is that sissy SpaceX performance uh pun absolutely intended carries this movie yeah it like it is ridiculous how good she is like she absolutely deserved an oscar nomination for this um she's incredible like and and uh it, especially uh, against some of the other performances in this yeah. movie it mm -hmm. is like night and day mm -hmm. how good she is uh like the the margaret's really good the mom uh sue i think does a good fine job miss collins has her moments and stuff a lot of the other people uh, mm -hmm. but um but like sissy spacek in this movie is phenomenal yeah she's um, incredible yeah it's it's incredible and i and, and a big part of that and and that is why it works so well and that, that really ties into what i was saying before with the dramatic irony is that because she is so sympathetic because the performance is so good and you want it to work out for her so much and you you, you want things to go well because you you're rooting for her so bad um because of how good the performance is that it is even more brutal <laughs> that you know that it is not going to work out yeah uh and yeah so that that like i said it it, it yeah the, the performance really even amps that up to just another level we get to it finally. Carrie wins the prom. They stuff the ballots uh, in the in the film uh, so that she wins. Her and Tommy go up on stage, and there's this big long sequence, which we'll talk more about a little in a little bit. But they uh, 
she gets the blood dumped on her ultimately. And I wanted to know, obviously, I have to know if this comes from the book. This is the moment that yes, literally the knows. only moment that everybody knows. Uh, again, this is the moment I knew having knowing zero else about the film. Does she win prom queen? And does she then subsequently get a bucket of pig's blood dumped on her head? Yes, she is crowned prom queen. Yes, she does subsequently get a bucket of pig's blood dumped on her head. Okay, <laughs> that's what I figured. I mean, I imagined that was the case. Um, and it, like that scene, it's really interesting because I, I mentioned in the prequel that I have seen that scene up and up until and right after the blood gets dumped on her head. Mm-hmm. I had watched just that scene because I did a, a little spoof of it for a, 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 a video for a work thing. And so I had watched just that scene completely contextless. And I remember watching it then I was like, I don't get it. I don't get like the hype here. Like, I don't get why this scene is so memorable or whatever. Like I get why. like, obviously it's a memorable visual, but like, I don't, but I didn't, again, I want, I want to iterate. I did not watch anything past. She gets blood dumped on her head. That's when the clip I watched end. I did not watch anything after that. And I was like, it's all in slow-mo and it takes forever to yeah. get there. But in the context of the film, it works brilliantly. The whole slow motion buildup, every single shot's in slow-mo, and we linger on each character and where they're at, and and just the, the reveal of Sue figuring out what's going on slowly over the course of the whole thing. I remembered watching that when I watched mm-hmm. the clip and not knowing who she was or what, like what her deal was or how she was involved in this. You know what I mean? Like It's like, I don't know what what's going on here with her. I didn't know who Tommy was or why he was. I didn't know anything about what was going on. And so it just didn't work at all. But watching it in context, that buildup, that slow-mo buildup works entirely. Like I just, I loved how, because again, it's just, the movie at that point knows, again, the dramatic irony knows how much we don't want this to happen. And it just lingers on it just builds <laughs> yeah, it, it up really forever. holds you in that space yes it holds you in that moment of just like oh god please don't let this happen and then it does and i i, I thought it, i thought it worked great and yeah. again right after that just carrie's reaction and the look on her face throughout the entire climax of the scene she holds almost the exact same look on her face for like yeah. the rest of the film basically. like shell shock yes it's of like pure uh almost like yeah like that thousand yard stare like ptsd kind of thing yeah and uh, it's just it's yeah i thought it was brilliant the other thing that i think is really interesting about that scene and how well it works is that it works equally well if you do or don't know that the bucket is actually going to dump no absolutely yeah yeah for sure in that moment yeah you're you're it no it again that moment works brilliantly and again okay i have more about it later but from from the about basically when the prom starts minus one scene which we'll talk about later uh, or like one shot which we'll talk about later from the moment the prom starts till the end of the film i think is 10 out of 10 just mm-hmm. brilliant uh as just all the stuff before that i have some issues with but <laughs> so then blood gets dumped on her uh and this is where she snaps uh, and as the, the the thing mentioned, which I thought was an interesting detail, and I actually kind of want to, I didn't put this in the questions, but I kind of want to ask this and see if the book alluded to this at all. A little detail in the film that I thought was interesting is that while the, after this happens, we're seeing the reaction in the crowd and they're all like stunned and mm-hmm. like not thrilled about it. Like they're all like, they you can tell they feel bad. Like Miss Collins is upset. Uh, the, some of the guys, like Tommy's friends who we've met earlier, like 
one of the girls, the girl with the baseball cap, that yeah. mm, he's laughing. Yeah. But everybody else is like, oh no. And like the one of the the friends of Tommy is like, I think he's like one of the other guys starts laughing and he like hits him and is like, dude, what's your pro like yeah. like people are not into this. <laughs> like, except for like two people think it's funny, and everybody else is like, Holy shit, this is awful. And I wanted to know it, but Carrie, because she has kind of snapped at this point and, and has this like psychotic break because all of her worst fears have kind of materialized in this moment, sees the crowd is all laughing at her. And mm -hmm. she hears her mom, again, the famous line, they're all going to laugh at you. I wanted to know if that juxtaposition, juxtaposition of reality versus the reality of actual reality versus the reality that kind of Carrie has created in her head comes from the book. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. she sees everybody laughing her at her, where in reality they're not. Is that do you know if that moment is kind so of in the book? this uh, this is an interesting change because I do think that this has implications for maybe kind of how we feel about Carrie mm -hmm. in the book. They are laughing at her. Oh, they, they they're laughing. Um, somebody trips her when she tries to get down off the stage and like run away. Oh, interesting. Like, D d d you know it, yeah. like you said in the movie she kind of like imagines it yes like she's at least that's what i think you're supposed to get out of yeah. it because you see them reacting not laughing for a right. long time and then after she starts hearing her mom's voice then we see them laughing yeah. but I, to me it's very clear that that is her like kind of i don't know if hallucination is the right mm -hmm. word but she is that is not actually yeah what is she's happening. perceiving yes. them as mocking her at yeah. the very least but that is not the case in the book they are absolutely laughing at her interesting i will say i don't think it changes how i feel about her at all because it, it, it regardless in that moment it's she she's no longer in control like it that's fair. in the film yeah. too it's not like she makes a conscious conscious decision to, in, to view them as laughing at her she just she literally has like a complete break and just yeah. like you know it, it kind of i i don't think it super changes i mean a, a little bit for sure yeah. like i would feel I, like i i do think it's an interesting change it definitely makes the film more tragic because mm -hmm. you know like all the people that die as a result in the film are not you know as much of assholes as they yeah. were in the book at least like the fact that everybody's actually laughing at her in the book um obviously you know the penalty for laughing at somebody is not death but like you know you're a little more like all right yeah so i kind of had that coming a little bit uh, but that gets actually to my next question which does carrie murder an entire gymnasium full of people in the book because that's what she does in the movie oh dude she destroys half the town in the book Ooh, wow she she makes it rain fire and blood on this town nice I mean, well, not nice, but, I mean, you know, but also like nice in the, in the, in the yes, in the, like, kind of like the cathartic. <laughs> yeah. Like you assholes had it coming. Like, obviously not this, but like also but like yeah, it's a story. We know. can do that. Yeah. We're, we can we can revel in and kind of you getting your comeuppance in a way worse way than you deserve. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the moment where from this, the whole scene at the end here from the blood dump. And again, honestly, from the whole prom scene mm -hmm. on, but. I said it earlier, but it's just this movie is absolutely rescued by just having this absolutely yeah. iconic climax. I, I feel like everyone involved with this production put like all of their energy into this climax, that well, they put their entire chest into the climax. And it's just it's yeah, like it has all of the most like striking visual moments in the movie yeah. are in this. All of the most all of the weird editing stuff. I have some notes later that I want to talk about, like 
I actually think I, I'm. This is the first Brian De Palma film I've ever watched, mm-hmm. and I, I, he's he's very much at a. Who's another director? Oh, I think it was Zack Snyder. We talked about like this. <laughs> that is like I can't decide if this dude is a genius or an absolute hack. Like it's, <laughs> I could go either way, and but because in this movie, I it literally we get both. We yeah. get uh this the, the the prom scene to the end of this movie is all perfect i don't know if i would change anything about how it every anything is yeah. shot or anything about their end of this to perform everything i mean is, there's a reason that this is the only part of the movie people yeah. remember yeah but then like i said then i look at some of the stuff earlier in the movie i'm like how did the same person direct these like it just it blows my mind it's crazy um, but anyway, so yeah, I, uh, this is wild. It, it's a, it is truly like a tale of, of like two different movies almost by it's cool. It's wild. Okay. Uh, so then she, she kills all the people. Uh, she's walking home. She, uh, Chris tries to hit her with her car and she ends up killing Chris and Billy like flipping the car over and it explodes. Does that happen in the, or how does, how does, does Chris and Billy uh, die? Similarly, uh, they get out of the gym and they're escaping. They escape in their car and they go to like, Billy's he's got like a room up above a bar. He's like a different character oh, in the okay. book than he is in yeah. the movie. Um and then later on they find out that like half the town is on fire. So they go to leave and they see Carrie like walking in the street and go to like run her over and then she veers their car like into a brick wall. Okay, so pr- pretty pretty similar. similar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but then so she gets home after that and she <laughs> I also love, by the way, just a little detail that the, the fire truck blaring down the street. Obviously, they have mm-hmm. important things to get to. But there's a woman covered in blood walking down the street and they just right. fly yeah. right past her. They don't even <laughs> check to see if she's OK. <laughs> Anyways, again, I know they got other things to get to, but I feel like you'd be like, holy shit. Maybe we like let one guy off or something to make sure that <laughs> yeah. blood covered person like, is... drop one of the paramedics off. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back and get him. Yeah. I was maybe, you know, maybe they radioed it in or something. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. So anyway, she gets home and she walks inside and then uh, she takes a bath and then she her she she bumps into her mom and her mom kind of has this big confessional speech with her. And she talks about how she basically says, like, I should have had an abortion, essentially, is kind of what she alludes to. Um, and she t- mentions, she says, as I said in the, in the summary, that her and her husband only had sex twice? Once? Twice? Uh, twice as the... Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, and at least one of those times was not by her. He raped her. And, um, and that was when Carrie got pregnant and then, but she she, got pregnant with, sorry, that's when she got pregnant with Carrie. And she alludes to the fact that, or she says that, but even though when that was happening, she like actually kind of enjoyed it. And like, and there's obviously a lot of weird religious trauma and stuff tied up in that. And I wanted to know if that whole angle and conversation came from the book, because that is. Oof, there's a lot going on there that yeah. is deeply upsetting. Yes. Uh yeah, that does come from the book. Um and and I think this is as good a place to any as to, to talk a little bit about it. Um so when we announced this episode on Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, Shelby left a comment about uh, this property having a problematic ace passing character, oh, okay. which is which is certainly something we've encountered in King Properties yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. 
Um, Shelby said, uh, she said, I wouldn't say that reading the character of Carrie's mom as a terrible example of an ace passing character is the only reading for her character, but it is one of them. And it leans into a lot of the stereotypes. Mm, interesting. So I'm, I'm not going to dig in super deep. Uh, I'll, I'll let Shelby leave her thoughts and in, in her feedback. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm yeah. sure they will be better informed than mine. <laughs> yeah, I do have to be honest that I don't think I would have gotten that reading if I hadn't been looking for it. Um, primarily because the depiction of her mother is so couched in religious and like sex based religious trauma yes. in, in both the book and the movie. And I just have much more real life context for that. So I, I think that probably would have been the only thing that I read. I, I did not because I did not see that comment, I don't think, before yeah. watching the movie. And that uh, obviously part of this is informed by the fact that just we don't see a lot of ace characters in media and stuff. So it's true. And yeah. it's just not, you know, it's something that I we're we're slow, very slowly getting better at as, as showing characters like that in media and stuff. And so it's not something that at least to me is forefront in my mind when I'm watching a movie. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I also did not would not have or again, I say would not have did not interpret her character that way because so much of what she discusses in the film to me like you said the sexual religious trauma stuff and it's very clear that her mom comes from an upbringing of like deep religiosity yes where sexuality was like villainized to the point yes. of like and especially female sexuality uh, yes particularly female sexuality was villainized and 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 you know sin sinfulized or whatever <laughs> you know uh to the point where she had this very overt yeah. uh i mean to aversion. the point where she believes that menstruation is a sign yes literally of sinfulness just like is, literally yeah. just menstruating yeah. which just about every woman yes. does oh yes almost yeah yeah it, it is yeah it, she, yeah, she has a deeply problematic uh, views on yeah. on on human sexuality, shall yeah. we say? And so, yeah, that that was again that that my my viewing the lens through I was viewing her character was so wrapped up in that that yeah, it was not yeah, something that... exactly. And, and Margaret White clearly has like religious sex based trauma. Yes. Uh, the question is whether or not she's also asexual, right? Yeah. And those two things are not necessarily no, conflated no, no. like obviously all shades of people exist like you can be ace and have separate trauma about sex or ace and not have that or have that and not be ace yes uh, yeah. but i i think that like general misunderstanding of asexuality and also unawareness of tropes is so mired all together that any depiction of someone who has any type of trauma surrounding sex is going to like come into those tropes yeah absolutely. which makes it at best tricky to depict no for sure yeah yeah i, I think that's definitely the case and i like i said i, I think i think the best case place to leave this for us at least because it's it's not a perspective we have you know a lot of personal experience yeah. or anything to say on so i think it's best to kind of i'm very interested i guess i should say to hear what shelby has to say about the yeah. subject because yeah. i uh, it's not the lens through I was, uh, that I was viewing the character through, but I'm very interested to view the character through that lens and see what yeah, for sure. Shelby has to say about it. So then at, right after that, during this whole conversation, uh, her mom is like, oh, let's uh, we should pray. Let's pray for the last time. And then she stabs Carrie in the back. Yeah. Uh, with a knife uh, to kill her because she's a witch and she there was a thou, line earlier thou shalt not, thou shalt suffer, not a suffer a witch to live, to live. Uh, yeah so she she needs to kill Carrie because Carrie's a witch she has now realized because she has telekinetic powers or whatever so she stabs her in the back but Carrie survives this and falls down the stairs 
but I wanted to know, does her mom stab her in an attempt to kill her in the book? Yes, she does. She stabs her in the shoulder mm-hmm. in the book. And now it, it is an obvious metaphor, but but I liked the, <laughs> in movie's the movie change. In the movie, you yeah. Mean, yeah. I liked the movie's change to stabbing her in the back. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's it's on the nose. But sure. But fine. sure. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. No, it works. Uh, and then my final question for was that in the book is that uh, after she stabs her, she survives, like I said. Uh, and then her mom is coming after her with a knife and we get some very intense kind of back and forth and and her mom stalking her with this knife uh before she uses tele her telekinesis to launch a bunch of knives at her mom and Mm -hmm. like impales her and stabs her into the wall uh and killing her um and i wanted to know if she kills her in the book kills her like that and if it's also a reference we saw this in the in the prayer closet earlier in the film we saw this little statue which I, i is some i assume some saint it kind of looks like Jesus. It kind of looks like Jesus but, upon first glance. But it's full of arrows, so I was like, well, it's clearly arrows. not Jesus, unless it's some weird version of Jesus I've never seen I, before. I did, I did have to Google this. Don't tell any of my former Catholic school <laughs> teachers. Uh, but I think it's probably St. Sebastian. Okay. Because he was, like, crucified and shot with arrows. Okay, so yeah. So she she dies very reminiscent and not very, like, literally identically to yes. this, this statue uh, of this saint that they have. Uh, and I wanted to know if that happens. And then also does when she's dying, is it like orgasmic? Because there's a lot of weird, um, <laughs> which is this is a very this kind of director thing. Mm-hmm. I, this whole movie is, is effuse with like the weird co- like it is the most quintessential pretentious filmmaker thing mm-hmm. to like the weird combination of sexual violent. Yeah. Like it also feels like very distinctly 70s to me. A little bit, but it has proceeded for long past that, in my opinion. This, this, <laughs> there are plenty of other modern filmmakers that still do I'll stuff like that. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. You watch more of this type of stuff than yeah, I do. Yeah, it, it, that, 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 that commingling. That, it, it, it feels like there's something profound. Or I, <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't have strong feelings one way or the other on it. But those kind of scenes to me feel like uh, the director feels like they're saying something very profound about both mm-hmm. violence and sexuality by having characters die in a way that is both and again i think it overall works in this movie with the the themes that this movie is playing with about the the repression of sexuality and religion and all this sort of stuff and martyrdom and i think there's things there that work about it but that being said i also kind of can't help but help roll my eyes at like yeah a a woman dying by being stabbed with a bunch of knives and like dying in a way that sounds like she's orgasming is like okay like i get it dude like again (laughs) I, i think in the context of this film it works pretty well uh-huh. again with the broader themes of what this movie is doing. Uh, still can't help but roll my eyes a little bit. All that, all that being said, does it, does all that come from the book? Uh, pretty much none of that is from the book. Interesting. Okay. Um, so what happens in the book is that Carrie stops her mother's heart with her mind. Oh, which is interesting. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of like both versions yeah. of her mother's yeah, death. I, I, see, I yeah. think they're both really interesting. Uh, but she she stops her mother's heart with her mind, and then she, like, crawls out of the house. She's dying. Yeah. Um. After all of the effort she expended right. well, and she also, also got stabbed. Got stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she's later found by Sue, who basically, like, holds her hand as she dies. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 th- I like the ending of the movie quite a bit. And again, I, I think it's well-crafted and as i've said i I think the whole ending of this movie works really well even if i did this particular moment kind of like slightly roll my eyes at 
but I think the the book's version also sounds like it could be compelling depending mm-hmm. on how it was done. Um, if it were done in the film, I think it could be done well. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it, I think I, I really thought for a second when I was listening to the book that she was gonna like shove her hand into her mom's chest and pull her heart out like in once upon a time because it kind of started yeah and it sounded like that like when she started she started talking about her heart and i was like wait a minute rip her heart out rip her heart out (laughs) yes yeah all right that's all the questions i had for was that in the book let's move on i have one question for lost in adaptation just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow, was lost. Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. So, my one question for Lost Adaptation, because I just wanted to know if maybe there's anything in the book in this, or if you got this from the movie, or if anybody got this from the movie, I have no idea. Uh, try not to be that guy who always gets this out of a movie. But, am I insane, or is there, like, something between Carrie and the gym teacher? And I mean that one way, in that... <laughs> It feels to me in the film that the film is implying that Miss Collins, the gym teacher, has like a crush on Carrie. I don't there's again, I there's like three particular moments and I I would have to go back and watch again to find I didn't I didn't write like the specific details of every moment. There's like a, there was like two or three specific moments in the film where the camera did something or Miss Collins had a look or something that felt weird to me mm-hmm. in a way that I felt like the movie was implying something more than just like a teacher caring for their student or whatever. So I wanted to know if there was anything <laughs> in the book or if you got any of that or what was going on there. So definitely not something that I got from the book. It was also not something that I noticed in the movie. All right. Well, but <laughs> but I also I thought I think the camera work overall in the movie was like a little weird and voyeuristic. It, it's and definitely like, voyeuristic, intentionally so for some things. Horny yeah. in some places. Yes, yes, absolutely for sure in some, some. So it does not surprise me particularly that you noticed that. Like I'm not shocked by it. Yeah, it's just. And again, I, I guess the, the 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 problem here is that I don't have the specific like. Right. moments to reference but there was one of them was during the thing where she's telling her like how pretty she is and it wasn't just that yeah. there was a specific moment within that scene yeah something about i can't remember it's like the way she there's some look or something in that scene again the scene overall is, is like a fine nice scene that, that i did not get that vibe from but there was one little moment within that scene and there was another one earlier i think i can't remember what it was there was some one other moment earlier where i had a similar feeling where i'm just like that's a weird that look or the way that camera lingered on a thing just felt weird to me mm-hmm. and again maybe it's just i i think i think i think what it could be like you said i think it could really just boil down to the fact that the camera work is kind of voyeuristic yeah and like like overall it's got kind of an uncomfortable it, well it, it's like, a camera that that if ever there was camera uh, camera work in a film that epitomized the male gaze yeah like without even really being like super explicit at any point like yeah. it's not like we linger on like boobs or butts or you know what i mean it's not like, I mean, we, like we do a little bit in the beginning even though we don't linger on them like we linger on skin it's uh, i would say like it's not like express 
sexual. No, it like, is. Like it's but not. It, it's not the male gaze the way that like a Michael Bay yes. movie is the male gaze. Right. But it's really just like okay, you know, you know that thing that people say about how. A frog, if you put a frog in boiling water, yes, it jumps that's, out. That, that not yes. real thing. Yes. And if you just like turn up the heat slowly, slowly it and, stays yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Th- not this, true, by the way. This feels like the the slowly turning up the heat version of the male gaze. It's not like it's not like a Michael Bay movie. Right. But it's just like it's like suffused with it. Yes. I, I think that's the thing, is that it's not meant to <sighs> I think voyeuristic is the best way to put it because it's not mm-hmm. like a Michael Bay movie like is is, has, is exhibits the male gaze in a way that's like a fireworks show where it's yes. like look at these hot women and look how hot they are. Yeah, this movie is like feels like a a, a creep in a corner like yes like with binoculars yeah. like look again voyeuristic I think is the best way to put it where it's not the same thing of like look how hot they are it's like it feels skeedy <laughs> and weird and I. I I didn't. Yeah, I, I I felt the same way, and we have actually have a note about this more later. Anyways, I I would be interested to see if anybody else got that at all. Probably not. I I'll, I'll just I guess I'll just own being that guy that reads that sees that <laughs> in more movies than it is there in. But whatever. It, it just it's, there was like I said, it was just a couple specific moments that felt strange. But it's probably just down to the fact that overall the camera yeah. is like kind of voyeuristic in a way that. I've, that suffuses maybe, the whole film. Maybe with, the actress that played the teacher was just attracted to Sissy Spacek. She was possible. like twenty six. Uh, every oh, well, that's I mean that's like, every Sissy Spacek looks adult. the youngest of yes. all of the high schoolers in this she's movie. She's not wearing like any makeup, and she's like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. fucking every other teenager or quote unquote high schooler in this movie is like thirty four yes. years old. <laughs> like this movie is not remotely trying to uh, pretend that these are are, are actual high school. Like and it's like these are all uh, fucking adults with mortgages. Like I don't like yeah, it, yeah. Is 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 pretty funny in that regard. All right, that's it for my questions. It's time to find out now what Katie thought was better in the book. You like to read? Oh yes, I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Okay, so there are a lot of issues. Primarily fat phobia and use of animal imagery with the way that Stephen King describes Carrie in the book. Because she's, she's described as, like, chunky in the book. Mm, okay. You know, not, not really Sissy Spacek. No, no, Sissy Spacek is incredible. And then there's, a, there's, a, lot, there's a, a lot of really problematic stuff going on here. Yeah. However... It feels like a very Hollywood thing to me to have the character of Carrie be conventionally attractive. And I and I mean Sissy Spacek does look kind of like an say, alien. I don't know if I would call Sissy Spacek. But she's like she's thin but... and blonde yes. and blue-eyed. Sure. Yes. Like come on. I would agree with that. And and that was actually a concern they had. That was a thing that I remember yeah. reading in the prequel that they were like they're Like she pulls off weird. Yes. But she's also like thin and blue eyed and blonde. I agree. But to me, uh, I will say this to me, I thought her look worked f- perfectly f- for Carrie, where I-, I thought she hit that balance perfectly in the sense that, yes, of, of, like, she's thin, blue eyed, but whatever. Like she's conventionally attractive in, in, in some regards. But 
in the early part of this movie, she looked like so many of the girls in my schools who were picked on for being weird to me. Like, it's fair. Like when I was growing up, a lot of the girls who were picked on for being weird that I recall from like elementary school and stuff were thin and blue eyed and blonde. They were, you know, they, but they were just kind of different or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and, and kept it. And so many times they were picked on for being just different. Not even that they weren't like quote unquote conventionally attractive. It's just that they weren't like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I know that conventionally attractive people can get picked on. I'm aware of that. It just feels like a very Hollywood thing to have done. Yeah. No, I, I, I look, I don't disagree. I don't, I don't disagree. I, I guess my main point is that to me, I, this feels weird. I don't, I, uh, to me, she <laughs> looks like an alien enough that it's like, yeah, no, I, I like, she's, she's an interesting looking human. She's also, yeah, you see her at times, you're like, wow, she's gorgeous. But like, she's also unique looking enough that yes. it's like, you know, now, I don't know. The other thing that I will grant the movie is that now Carrie is described in the book as being like heavier. She's like heavily developed. Mm, like mm. she has like larger breasts. Yeah. Um, more on that later. Okay. Uh, Can't wait. <laughs> but then also she doesn't get her period until she's like almost 17, which is pretty late. Now I'm not saying that it's impossible to be like to like be a, a pretty developed in every other way and, and still had, and yeah. still get your period like yeah, late sure, like it's possible, possible but, it's, but it's fairly unlikely right, yeah whereas you know in, in the movie she's pretty scrawny looking yeah. so i'm like okay maybe that yeah kind of makes sense kinda, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That, that 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 does track i really didn't like the movie's use of the psycho music sting for Carrie. De Palma I did not care for it. De Palma is very clearly a big Hitchcock head because yeah. a lot of this movie trades on a lot of Hitchcock moments or you know techniques there's a, a couple things i'll talk about later um, but like the split screen stuff was something that at the, yeah. in the prom scene which i think works brilliantly uh is something that hitchcock would do with some and the um obviously the music and stuff and th- there's there's quite a few things in this movie that you can tell de palma is is I, kind I, of I, doing I, a I pastiche guess I just of hitchcock don't, but i don't get like why you would want to use something that is so intrinsically linked to another iconic horror property. I don't disagree. I yeah, I, I thought it worked fine because it was so jarring, but it's I mean, yes, I I, I, I understand being like, well, that's clearly like, it's like the psycho's string thing. Yeah. Like it, it you know, it, it very vividly connects to that for most people, but I thought it worked. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, I mean, the first time I heard it when she like, I think the first time we noticed it is, or it might happen earlier, but the first time I really noticed it was when she knocks the kid off the bike or whatever. Yeah. And like, we really hear it there. Um, but, uh, and I, and, cause I, I remember thinking like, oh, it's a, it was a psycho thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, nah, yeah, it works. I don't know. I thought it worked, but I, I, I understand what you're saying for sure. Uh, John Travolta, <laughs> not really what. I had had in mind when I was reading the character of Billy Nolan. He he's described in the book as he's kind of scary. Like mm. he's like uh they describe him as a greaser, but he's kind of like this like wrong side of the tracks like 
tough guy high school dropout yeah that's not kind of a kind of a dude and he's like very very dark and kind of scary Hmm. and like gritty and dirty and and john travolta was just kind of goofy yeah he's just kind of goofy other than like there's like one moment where he's a little scary where he hits her or whatever like slaps her. even when he slapped her he was kind of goofy i was like i'm not i can't take you seriously Yeah, I, yeah. Like you're committing domestic abuse, and I can't take <laughs> you seriously. Yeah, no, I agree. He definitely doesn't fit with what your description from the book is. Yeah, he he's more of just kind of like a dumb like. Yeah, he's not. I don't know if he's a jock or not, but he he comes across kind of like a stereotypical like dumb jock. Right. Well, and like dumb to the point of farce. Yeah. In the film. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I yeah, I I again, like I said, I I was not a fan of his character or their portrayal or anything. I, I anytime I, he was on screen was bad, <laughs> mostly yes. for me. And speaking of the scene with him and Chris in the car, I don't. Somebody explain to me <laughs> what the fuck happened in this scene because I felt like I was having a. a a break from reality. Yeah. I felt like I was extremely high watching them. I, like, I wrote the I same could, thing like, at the same not time. Follow like words were coming out of their mouths, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" Yeah, yeah. I had the same thought at the same time. They're sitting in the car, like this is when they're out. Yeah, when it, they're like out. But they're just parked, sitting in the car, and they're talking. What are they even talking about? I don't even. Yeah, it was, I don't know. <laughs> There, there is some eventually towards the end she like asks him to do her a favor or whatever yeah. but like they're arguing about like how he she called him a jerk or, or called him yeah. stupid or it's just they don't talk like humans I, my, I had the same note I'm like I feel like Billy and Chris don't speak like human beings I don't it, it, I felt like I was missing something because it's all just so strange and it is it, it, very awkward and I've, I felt like I was losing my mind as well while that was mm-hmm. happening and then a little detail at the end of that she goes she starts to go down on him and yeah. it, it's whatever it's this is a little thing but I just thought it was very funny she's actively going down on him and talking to him <laughs> at the same time, having a full-blown conversation while s- ostensibly we're supposed to believe in this scene going down on him. But she's like, while that's happening, she is like talking to him like normally. And I was like, what is going on? I don't know, man. That I whole scene was so terrible. And I, 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 to the point where it almost felt like it had to be intentional, but it's just, yeah, I don't think it was. I truly don't think it was. I think it was just a poorly <laughs> written and directed scene. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's bad. It's really it's bad. Really bad. Yeah. I was, uh, some of this is just kind of bad. <laughs> like some of the stuff in this movie is just not good. Um, something that I missed. Then this is something that I often miss with King adaptations is the kind of layered pastiche effect that he uses in his writing. Um, so Carrie is composed of. Uh, there's a traditional narrative. And then it's intersected with excerpts from fictional books and fictional articles and court transcripts from the fictional investigation that followed the book's mm, events. Okay. And and I get that that will not be everyone's cup of tea, but I really enjoy the kind of like almost ambient information that the book style provides. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds interesting. I, I I like stories. Like that sounds like a story structure that I would be into. Yeah, you you probably would. I think yeah. you would probably like this book. Yeah. 
I Tommy kisses Carrie at the prom, and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to get out of it. Yeah, I think he actually likes her. And I think yeah. that's what the movie's going for is that, oh, he actually does actually like her, which is, okay. you know, that's fine with me. And maybe I was like a, a little confused in this moment because in the book, there's the implication occasionally that Carrie can sometimes like get in people's heads and make them like feel a certain way. Oh. So I wasn't sure if the movie was implying like nodding to that. I don't think so. Or if he just actually liked her or if he was just caught up in the moment. I think it's a little bit of those second two things that he actually okay. kind of likes her and cuz he says as much in the movie. He says, "Oh, you got, you know, she's like, "Well, why did you blah blah blah?" and he goes, "Well, you liked my poem or whatever cuz earlier yeah. in the film Yeah, she likes teacher is reading his poem and she she says it's beautiful or whatever and he, you know, so, yeah, I think it is just that he likes her and then, yeah, he kind of gets caught up in the moment and just kisses her. I, I didn't hate it overall. I just was like, I don't know what the movie wants me to I think, think about they, that's a moment that kind of uh, opposed to some of the other moments where I feel like there was, what was the one earlier where you're, oh, uh, the teacher, Miss Collins yeah. earlier about how, like, because I didn't have any context for her right. character or anything that I, uh, I, just, I had too much context. <laughs> whereas you were more sympathetic to her and I wasn't. I think this is the one that kind of works inverse of that, mm -hmm. where you had the whole thing with, like, the can she be is she influencing his mind or because yeah. like, that's not a thing at all in the film like or at least right. that's not implied to be a thing at all no and that was partly why i was so confused because i was like we haven't seen anything about that yeah up to this point but i think that added context muddled it in your yes. head whereas to me it was just like oh yeah he just likes yeah I, don't know. I agree yeah it's interesting very a very interesting example episode we're having yeah. here yeah. uh sue being at the gym um, they have to get her at the gym, and I think this is just the gimme that the movie is asking of us, but it doesn't really make any sense because she just like gets up in the middle of dinner yeah. all of a sudden and is like, I'm gonna go. I'm going out, bye. And doesn't like there's no explanation of why she wants to be there. Like, does she just want to make sure Carrie's just, having a good yeah, time? I guess or that's like that's what it is. She's just checking in to make yeah. sure, yeah, Carrie's having a good time. She doesn't she does not go to the dance no. in the book. Um she oh, you're saying she doesn't go at yeah, all. Yeah, she doesn't go at all. She's she's at home and she starts to get this like feeling that something really bad has happened. And then she like looks and she can kind of see where the school is out the window and she can see that it's like on fire. And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Um, and gets in her car and starts driving over there because, yeah. you know, that's a good idea. But whatever. <laughs> uh, I was sad that the gym teacher died in the movie. Yes, she does get crushed by she a basketball She does get crushed hoop. by a basketball hoop. She does. <laughs> um, in the book, uh, nobody who didn't kind of deserve it dies by Carrie's hand. Hmm. The gym teacher gets out. Um, Tommy does die, but not by her hand. Yeah. You know, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, I, I was fine with it. I thought it worked. Again, it's, it's, I think this might even tie into your next note here, potentially. Yeah. What was your last note? Uh, I said by the end, it seems like she's not even the one doing it. Are you talking about? Oh, this was specifically yeah, about name? like um, when the house was caving in. Oh, well, yeah, that I think almost. Yes, I think that's. Not yeah, her. I thought you were even as kind of referencing back to like even in the prom where it it almost seems like because I think that's what makes the thing of the gym teacher dying kind of work in the film mm -hmm. is that, again, it, it's it's not it's not Carrie like. I don't want to take agency away from her entirely, but it it, it does feel it, it reads in the movie to me, at least somewhat 
that it, she is not really like consciously doing this. She is yes. somewhat. She yeah. is somewhat. No, she like especially at the start she is, but it's also she has completely broken like with right. reality. She has she has she like snaps in a way where she's not Carrie anymore. She's like this force of nature that is um she's she's Galadriel at the the Oh, at the well. At the at the little basin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, and so I, to me, that makes the the gym teacher dying kind of work because it, it doesn't, it's not something that, like, yes, she does it, but it's not like a, an act of maliciousness by Carrie in the movie. It doesn't feel like it to me. It feels more like, just like she becomes a force of nature as opposed to like an act, like an agent making mm. decisions i don't yeah. know she like becomes a, a tornado and yeah. it's like uh this all just happens and like yes it is motivated by her agency but it is not meticulously directed it's just she she snaps she becomes the gene gray phoenix and then like mm -hmm. uh oh <laughs> like then now bad things happen <laughs> uh, it's kind of the vibe i got but I don't know. I, again, I don't want to completely take away her agency because I think it's somewhat important. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just it's kind of two different takes yeah. on it. Because I think, yeah, at, at the end of the book, she does seem to have more agency than she does in the movie. Yeah. And and she definitely does. I think once she leaves the prom, she mm -hmm. then it comes back. And like when she kills Billy and uh, Chris. Chris, that is absolutely yeah. her I, doing I, that. Like that. It. Yeah, no, and that and that's where you can tell like that's very, but in the moment in the thing because we know she's like basically hallucinating everybody mm -hmm. laughing her when that is not what's happening. It doesn't feel like she's fully in control of what is happening, whereas it sounds like in the book she is. So, all right, that was all we had for better in the book. Let's find out what Katie thought was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. Uh, so in that initial scene in the the showers in the locker room, uh, in the book, one of the other girls notices first that Carrie's bleeding and like yells like, hey, you've got your period at her. Mm. And she just is kind of like looking around dumbly like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I liked that in the movie, she sees the blood first and like runs screaming out of the yeah. shower. Yeah. Yeah, that that was yeah. It's a very intense scene. She like runs yeah. over and like grabs another kid. It's like, what is happening? I'm dying. Yeah. Help me! Yeah. I liked the scene with Tommy's poem. That was not from the book, um, where he he writes a nice poem in his English class. Yes, and, which he says uh, later that he did not write. Did he? I missed. Yes, that. at the end he goes there. The line at prom, he goes, "Oh, uh, she's like, why do you like me or whatever?" And he goes, "Oh, because you." you said something nice about my poem, even though I didn't write it uh -huh. or something like that. I don't know what that, but you know, that's interesting because I did feel like in that scene in the English class, I felt like the teacher was about to accuse him of plagiarism. Oh yeah. Just like based on the way he was reading it, but then he didn't. So I was like, okay, but I did like, I did like that scene. Yeah. I like, I hated the, one thing about that scene, but we'll get to it in a minute. Okay. I liked the scene where the gym teacher was trying to like bolster Carrie's confidence. Um, you know, yeah. the, the problematic stuff about like recommending that she wears makeup aside. She's doing her she's best. She's doing her moment. best. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was nice of her to yeah. try to do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I thought it made a lot of sense to have the bullies just stuff the ballot box 
In the book, they kind of leave it up to chance. Oh, really? Uh, Chris says that she's been doing campaigning amongst <laughs> her friends to get them to all vote carry in, but makes way they're leaving more it up to, to chance, just... and they end there ends up being a tie, and they have to have like a second runoff vote. It was way too much. And I, I know, and I yeah. was like, I was like, what are you, what would would you have just not pulled the bucket down if, <laughs> if they didn't win? I yeah. guess like just have them stuff the ballot box. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. I liked the montage where Carrie was testing lipsticks and the boys were renting tuxes. I could have done with like the ratios of those flipped and have like more Carrie testing lipsticks and less boys buying tuxes. Yeah. But I liked it. I, I, I have to mention, I had this note in odds and ends, but I'll mention it now. That scene where they're buying tuxes, it, it's one of those moments that is so weird to me and is one of the moments where that made me go, is this movie like, is this director a hack? Like what Mm -hmm. is happening here? Because there's this moment in that scene where they're trying on tuxes and it it all feels like improv, which I thought was fine. Like I thought the scene worked fine. We're kind of getting some levity and like the Mm -hmm. high schoolers being dumb high schoolers and like trying on tuxes and like kind of ribbing on each other for the, the ruffles or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But there's like this one brief moment in the middle where the, the film is sped up. They, they intentionally speed up in the edit. They speed up like they're talking and they're making fun of each other. And then there's like one sentence that is sped up yeah. and they sound like chipmunks. And then it cuts back down to normal speed. And then they're arguing again. I, that was that to me it's was very odd. pure hack shit. Like, what is <laughs> happening? Because it's not a thing that returns. Like, this is the thing where I'm like, this this movie does not have at uh, this point and like throughout up until the prom scene, it completely lacks like a clarity of vision and direction that I was expecting, having heard such great things about this movie. Because that kind of thing, like, it, it's never, it's not a motif that re- that reoccurs. It's not yeah. used ever again. And it's not even like it's used, I don't even think it's effective when used here because it's so brief. Like, yeah. like I get what he's going for. It's like, oh, they're like bickering and like, let's speed it up and like, and they're fighting and it's kind of funny like that they sound like chipmunks or whatever. But it's like one sentence and it it doesn't, and so then I looked this up because I, I had to go Google this because I was like looking like what do people say about this scene? Because I thought this was the dumbest shit. I Like, what is this doing in this movie? Why would you make that decision? It makes no sense to me. And I started looking up and all the explanations because people talk about this on the Internet. I saw people on like Reddit and stuff talking about it. Of course people talk about this all the, the explanations internet. are stupid as hell. Like everybody <laughs> defending it is the dumbest fucking defense I've ever heard. There's people being like, oh, well, actually. Uh, so like part of it is that like th- they wanted this to be a moment of levity. And so like, obviously it's kind of funny when they speed up. I'm like, okay, sure. But like, they don't do it enough. Like it's, yeah. it, it should have been more like they should have like started. They, we should have got one sentence of them arguing about ruffles and then like 10 seconds of it sped up them fighting. And then like, we're like wrestling. Like there should have been like, if you're going to do that gag, like do that gag, right. like do it, commit to the bit, commit to the bit and do it. This just <laughs> felt like a half-assed in the edit room. Like, uh, uh, do that. That would be that'll great. Be funny. I don't know. And then it does. It's just, it's dumb. And then I saw somebody else being like, well, actually 
Also, uh, they wanted to for pacing. It was for time because they wanted the, he didn't want the movie to drag out too long, and they wanted to like really get to the, like it was, you. You turned two seconds was, into one second. Yes, exactly. It was like it was literally <laughs> like they condensed three seconds to one. It didn't shave anything. This whole movie is like slow mo shots and lingering, <laughs> and it's not even a long movie to begin with. But you yeah. literally saved two seconds. It's not like you saved five minutes. You saved two seconds. That's a dumb whatever. And that's all somebody else. And this is like maybe compelling, but again, you would have had to lean into it more for this to even make sense. I saw somebody going, well, actually what it probably, I think what it actually is, is this is one of the brilliant things. It's actually kind of the first, like not first, but like uh, this is actually kind of like a, a feminist. Um, if you view it through a feminist lens, what is actually happening here is the director is showing us that what these boys are saying is dumb and irrelevant by fast forwarding through it oh i'm not sure that was the director's conscious and, and while and, and 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 all the stuff and if you notice later all the stuff with carrie and everything is all in slow motion because we're uh -huh. lingering on that that's what matters whereas what the boys are doing does not matter and i was like are you this is the most nonsense I mean, potential again you could certainly the, read it that if way that's the point you gotta commit harder than the movie does I, yes, it's one yes. sentence that is it's not it's not enough you don't do it that is so clearly Three in the morning, drunk in the edit bay. Ah, fuck, I don't know. Like, this scene kind of drags, and, like, what they're saying isn't that funny. I'll maybe speed it up for a few seconds, and it'll sound like chipmunks. Maybe that'll be funny. Okay. And then it just made the cut because, no, like, it's hack shit. It's ha I will I will take no other. I will, I will fight you to the death on this. That is That scene is absolute hack shit, and there's not the only one in the movie, in my opinion. But it is just, it blew my mind that I found people defending that because it's just garbage. It's just bad. In my opinion, it just, it's, 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 I mean, you're not going to get any Sorry. disagreement from me. <laughs> it just blew my mind. I, uh, little details like that is, it's weird. Very interesting. But it, it does make for an interesting thing, movie to talk about. I'll say that much. Like it, it definitely, and it, it is, it leans into something. We'll get into some nods and ends, but like Brian De Palma is actually a very controversial director because mm -hmm. of this, because there's a lot of people that literally, I literally Googled, is Brian De Palma a hack? <laughs> And I got a bunch of people being like, is this man a genius or a hack? And I'm like, yes, thank you. Okay, I'm not alone in, in wondering if this guy is just like the worst filmmaker or the best. And I don't. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. Does that make him just average? Average I don't know. Filmmaker. I I will say it's kind of he. It's you know he's it, your Zack Snyder or your uh, another one uh, who falls into this is um uh, the Mulan Rouge trick. Um, oh, Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. It's a very similar where it's like, you know, you can't. You, at least they're doing something. They're trying. Yeah. You know, they're trying to do something, and when it works, it works really well. And when it doesn't work, you're like, this dude's a fucking hack. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, where was I? I'm sorry, I don't Um, so Carrie makes herself a, a baby pink prom dress, uh, and then her mom sees it and is like, I might have known it'd be red. And she says, it's pink, mama. Mm -hmm. And I like that the movie, the, the so I might have known it'd be red is from the book, and I like that the movie included that and then just immediately refutes it. Yeah. Because she does wear red in the book. She wears a red dress to prom. But obviously they wanted her in something that the blood was really going to show right. against. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. 
Uh, I actually, I, another question I had that I have to know, and hopefully you might remember, but you probably won't. This is this would be a digital copy thing. Does her mom say, "I can see your dirty pillows"? Because yes. that is a line yes. that is it's in the book. Dirt, dirty pillows is absolutely from. The okay, because yeah. that is another line from the movie that people I've seen. I saw, when I was googling today, seeing like what people thought of certain, some certain scenes. Uh, that was one of the things I saw was people quoting the dirty pillows line. But. Yeah. They're nope, just, yep, that's from the book. They're just breasts, I mom. immediately noted that. <laughs> Is her follow-up to that in it? She says they're just breasts, mom, every every woman has them or something I like think that? so, okay, yeah. Because that's, yeah, I thought that, I, thought, I liked that retort. Yeah. I liked the scene where Tommy's, like, kind of talking her through a slow dance at prom. Yep. I thought that was sweet. Uh, I liked uh, that. That's not the shot, is it? That we'll talk about. Well, I mean, or is it that? But it's it's... like right before that when, yeah. We're not talking about that shot. (laughs) I I liked that more of the uh, the students seemed like they were in on the prank with Chris. It's like I think it's only two. It's uh, there's at least a handful of them. I think there's the girl in the hat and her boyfriend and the boy and her boyfriend and then there's the other girl with the ballots. Oh, there's one other girl. Yeah. yeah. So it's like three. Yeah. Because most of the people are not. But yeah, I think you're right. It's yeah. Three there's other like people. three other people. Yeah. Uh, in the book, it was more implied that it was this was just like a Chris and Billy thing yeah. that they were doing. Yeah. Uh, when she gets back to her mom's house, I liked uh, when she walks in and like there's all the candles. Like yes, every single candle in the house everywhere. is lit. Yeah. Um, it was really like kind of creepy. Very creepy. And, and sets up. It's a good it's a good set piece for your big, you know. Yeah, for sure. Confrontation between mother and daughter. Uh, My last note here, um, like some other King properties that we have covered on the show, particularly earlier ones, and as we discussed on on the prequel, this is his first published novel. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is some racially charged language in this book. Yeah. Uh, The the N slur is used at least once that I recall, um, among other instances of near slurs. Yeah. Um, so uh, the movie solves that by just having no people of color in it. <laughs> true, <laughs> I will say, true. there are a couple in the background at prom. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a couple black people like... at prom somewhere in the foreground or background. Yeah, but yeah, like three black kids at their school, yeah. Yeah. which I don't know where they are. So they're maybe in that's... Maine. So eh, I don't know enough maybe? about Maine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know about enough about Maine's uh, demographic makeup. Yeah, especially not in the 70s. <laughs> no, yeah. All right, guys, time to talk about what the movie nailed. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Oh, the other girls pelting Carrie with pads and tampons and chanting plug it up when she has her yes. period. That's yep. directly from the book. Um, the When she gets the blood on the gym teacher's white shorts. Mm-hmm. And the the, 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 the the principal's just like, uh, like yeah. sees it and is like, uh. <laughs> Uh, the principal continually getting her name wrong yeah. from the book. Yeah. Um, we already talked about a lot of the stuff that yeah. I initially had in here. But um, uh, Carrie making the boy fall off his bike on he her way her home. scary Carrie yeah. or whatever. Uh, the scene where her mother is forcing her to recite the sins of women to mm-hmm. punish her for getting her period. Yep. And her mother locking her in the closet to pray. They do have a prayer closet in the book. Uh, the Carrie White eats shit graffiti. Um, Tommy, I thought was like fairly spot on yeah, in the book. He's just like a just nice a guy. guy. Just, just like a, a just like a nice guy. Just a dude being a guy. Yeah. 
Uh, her mother does throw tea in Carrie's face when they're having a conversation about prom. Little detail. Mm-hmm. Carrie does make her own prom dress. I mentioned dirty oh, yep, pillows yep, earlier. Yep. Um, Tommy is killed by a bucket hitting his head. Yeah, in the movie again. What so a in, way to go! In the Wikipedia summary, it said he faints. It, it, he doesn't seem dead in the movie, but it, it, he's clearly unconscious. Yeah, and, and maybe and then, dead. We don't and know. Maybe and then probably dies because the right gin burns the fire down. and everything. Yeah. In the book, it is very much implied that he is killed when the bucket mm. hits his head. Okay. Maybe it's a heavier bucket. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it could kill. There's I mean, also it, the, interestingly in the book. I didn't not bring this up, but um, they dump two buckets of blood. Oh, there's a bucket for each of them. In the <laughs> one book. for the each of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Uh, and then Carrie White burns in hell uh, outside the house uh, slash the property at the end. The house, her house doesn't cave in at the end of the book. Yeah. Um, but it's similarly like written. Like on, a like, for sale yeah. sign or whatever. Yeah. All right. That was it. It's time now to get to a few odds and ends before the final verdict. Oh, so this movie opens with, well, it, it opens with um, the shower or no? It opens in the, it opens in out playing right out playing and then it's the and then into opening the shower credits, for the credits that are in yeah. the, right. Um, so it opens with the gym class and all the girls are playing volleyball and they're like hit it to Carrie, she won't get it, and then they somebody like hits the ball over her and she's like ah, and like can't do anything with it and then everybody's laughing at her and i was like oh that was exactly how volleyball went for me yeah volleyball was the worst (laughs) um my hand-eye coordination is nothing and volleyball was nothing but (laughs) to this day i have a massive grudge against (laughs) the sport of volleyball yeah yeah hanging on to that one there you go volleyball can die in a fire (laughs) If Carrie has anything to say about it, um, the the so the as you mentioned after that opening, we then go into the the locker room and the opening credits on this movie are a an extreme slow mo dolly pan across through uh, the women's locker room and we see all of these high school girls changing. They're like mm-hmm. all. F- like playing or like throwing things it's like chaos it's it is the the most joyous locker room i've ever seen it is the kind of like quintessential movie version of like a a girl's sleepover or like a thing you know where like pillow fight like they're all just like screaming and jumping around and they're like half of them are naked running around and like we see and it's all in slow-mo and we move slowly down the the rows of lockers until we get to the the shower where Mm -hmm. carrie is showering and all the rest of the girls are you know screaming and and laughing and having fun and i was really unsure of how i felt about this opening because it's 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 again it's a slow motion dolly of a girl's locker room with nudity and it's all set to like and like full nudity full nudity yeah full full nudity and it's set to like romantic strings like it's like mm-hmm. the, the score is like r- romantic yes feeling yeah and i i just wasn't sure what it was doing so like I, if i had to guess what what we're going for here cinematically thematically what have you is that we're juxtaposing the joy and the mirth 
of all of these other girls. Again, because they're all mm-hmm. like they're having fun, they're playing around, right. they're like frolicking, blah blah blah. Far more joy than I ever witnessed yes. in a gym no, class. No, locker room. Ever, it's crazy. It's nonsense. But I, I'm trying to imagine what we're doing here, and we're mm-hmm. so we're we're setting all of that up to juxtapose that to Carrie's suffering right. what and is her, about her to loneliness. happen her loneliness yes her yeah. loneliness in the locker room and then the subsequent uh traumatic right. experience that she's about yes. to go through and so i imagine that's what we're going for but it's it's it still felt really weird to me but then when we push into the locker or into the shower we we, we linger on carrie showering in a way that is voyeuristic yes yeah. And 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 it, she's we get, we linger on these close-ups of her face, similar to when her mom dies at the end. That is orgasm. I don't know how to describe it other than 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 sensual and orgasmic. Like she's washing herself, but she's like it, it, the way she's touching herself yeah. and, the, and the 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 expression on her face and all this stuff is, you know, it, it's weird. Like it's not weird. It's it, it is implying it's like suggestive of sex. It's suggestive of sex. And again, obviously thematically what we're going over this whole thing is about like a coming of age and, yeah. and dealing with uh, sexual maturity and the the religious trauma that her upbringing has to do with that and uh, the the interaction between boys and girls in high school and all like we're doing with all these different things and so i understand at least to some extent uh, kind of I don't need to go to bat for this scene um, <laughs> at all. Is it? But like, I understand. Like, if I pull back, I can kind of understand why this these choices were made. But that doesn't mean that I think they're the right choices necessarily. And the whole thing just felt weird to me uh, yeah. in a way that didn't. I don't think ultimately served the, the themes yeah, of the, the film. themes or the narrative. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought this whole opening sequence was just really odd and really uncomfortable uh, maybe that's the point i think I that is know. partially the point but it felt it, it felt too close to porn for comfort for me yeah and and again it's it's tough because i do think i think there's something there i think that there's something thematically there with what the what what the, the movie is attempting to do with juxtaposing the comfort and ease that these other women have in their bodies right. versus Carrie. But it, then it becomes weird when her showering feels, she, I feel like. Well, her, I, I think it becomes weird because then we cut to her in the shower yes. and it also feels, feels like she's comfortable with yes, her body yes. and like sensual. Yes. And that's the, I think the part that feels like very if strange. she had been like, like if we had gotten all of that extremely heightened, like, oh, I'm so comfortable with Just my, running around my naked body in the and my room sensuality and, yeah. and I'm among my friends yeah. and we're all laughing and yeah. we're having a grand time in the locker room after right. gym class. And then we had panned over to Carrie and she's like, and hunched she's in like the corner, yeah, she's like, like hunched in the corner under the water and like standing super still and yeah. like trying to cover herself. Yeah. That would have made sense. Yeah. I, yes, but I, the cut to Carrie makes it not work for me. I, I, I think yes. I think that is the nail. I think that nails kind of where it falls short for me, and where it, where the it becomes like, what are we doing here? Yeah. 
Um, no, I, I agree and, entirely. And it, it really, it set the tone for me in a way that I did not care for. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I, like I said, I, I agree completely. I, I think it for sure, to me, it felt like I was like, uh, this, this, this set me off on the wrong foot and it slowly recovered and I, it was media, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that opening just, I, like I said, I think I, I can see some of what they're going for, but it just, I don't think it works entirely. And it definitely has not aged great. It feels mm -hmm even worse i think now than it would to an audience in the 70s but um i don't know yeah it's it's mm, i don't know uh speaking of another thing that i thought direct direction wise that i was not a huge fan of <laughs> is there's the scene where she's then coming home after all this happens she's walking home mm -hmm. and that little kid is weaving in and out of the trees on his bike this is the kid she knocks off the bike yeah at first we're watching from her side she's on the sidewalk she's walking towards the camera the kid is weaving in and out of the trees and then he and he's like going away from the camera. Then he wraps around and he starts coming towards the camera and he's weaving in and out of the trees like a slalom or whatever. But then every time he cuts off camera because the trees are on like camera right mm -hmm. and we can't see the other side of the trees. And every time he goes off camera to the right, we cut to a shot over there where we see him weave out by himself. And then when he cuts back. We then see him on her side yeah. with him. And now, I thought this scene, to me, felt like a director trying too hard. Like, why is that <laughs> shot there? I will say, I think I know what was being gone for now that I think about it a little more. I think what we're trying to do there is to remove... The trees are separating him and Carrie, and it yeah. is, is a kind of a visual distinction of him from her, a visual separation of him from her and her as an outcast or whatever. I think that shot's way more effective if the trees are center, yeah. cut, like if the trees are center frame, and we see him weaving in and out, and he's... And we don't cut between two different shots. The mm -hmm. two different shots, it, it's a little thing, but as as a, a director, I it, it, it felt... I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm fucking direct. I do direct things. I, you do. You do. I'm not denying that. <laughs> I know. I saw, I saw the look and I heard it. I heard what I said. Um, but as somebody who directs things, <laughs> I, you know, is literally my day job. It, it was something to me that felt clumsy. It mm -hmm. felt like, again, a director trying too hard mm -hmm. in a way that didn't quite work when I could kind of understand what they were going for but that it just is not maybe the most effective way to do that and i didn't like it and it was one of the things that made me think brian de palma is a bit of a hack can i get you a t-shirt that says brian de palma is a try hard hack <laughs> yes <laughs> and then on the back it'll say but the last 35 minutes of carrie are some of the best cinema ever created <laughs> like or something like that like yes i will wear a shirt that i absolutely <laughs> Um. Uh, again, having only seen one of his films, I I, I want to stress that I enough. Brian like... Palma, if you ever listen to this episode, which obviously you won't, I, but I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I want to make um, you know, the burn book in Mean Girls. I yeah. want to make I want to make a TFIL burn book. We <laughs> put a picture of Brian Palma in it and write Brian Palma is a tryhard hack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, Brian De Palma, but also just, you know, be a better director. Just don't be of, such a try hard hack. Don't be such a try hard hack.
but also keep doing what you're doing because like again half the shit you do is like brilliant that I, at least in this movie and the other half fucking sucks so i don't know <laughs> figure your shit out man so in the scene where the the gym teacher's running detention with the the girls who were in the locker room and one of them i think chris says i don't even remember what she says but she says the word ass and i think the movie bleeps it out oh does i missed that i think it did I missed it that sounded like it did like her voice like cuts out when she says ass and i was like there's full bush in this movie why are we censoring the we word watch people ass? die i don't <laughs> get covered in blood i would yeah I... That was very strange to me, and maybe I misunderstood what was happening in that scene. But it's, I did not it notice stuck that, but out it's so badly. Very to possible, me. I just missed it. I was like, "What's happening?" Also, I will say, I also thought that whole sequence sucked. Where they're doing the, I thought it went too long. Sorry, it did. It did go too where long. Where they're doing yeah. like the workout, and it's like we, we get like panning shot after panning shot after yeah. panning or dolly shot. Not it just goes shot. on. Forever, dolly shot after dolly shot after dolly shot down the row of them doing different workouts. And again, I know what we're doing. Uh, we're you know we're exemplifying the fact that this is going on and on and on and it's like oh, this thing but it just it got, I was like okay it just it didn't it didn't work for me it got repetitive and 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 tedious that particular scene mm-hmm. also another thing that I fucking hate is I mentioned this earlier and this is maybe most apparent in the scene where he's reading Tommy's poem mm-hmm. did you notice this there's this thing that happens in this movie a lot because so apparently Brian De Palma fucking loves a split diopter shot which I don't know if you know what that is no I don't okay so normally with a camera when you focus it you can focus on one thing at one certain distance away Mm -hmm. so like you focus a camera like if if depending on your depth of field and other things uh whatever you're focusing on usually so like if you're if your subject the person you're filming is 10 feet away from the camera and you're focusing on them 10 feet away from the camera things that are 50 feet away from the camera will be out of focus they'll be blurry things that are one foot away from the camera will be out of focus they'll be blurry and only things that are 10 feet away from the camera will be in focus Split diopters allow you to have two focus points, basically. Okay. And it's literally a thing that goes on the front of the camera. It's like a lens. I've never used one, but it's like a lens attachment adapter thing that goes on the front of the camera. That's literally a half of a little glass ring, basically, that allows you to focus at two different points. And tons of movies have used these in different ways over time. Hitchcock's used it some. um, There's a very famous one in Jaws. It's in tons of tons of stuff it's a lot more older it's, it's not used as much m- modern cinema mm-hmm. because i think people realize it fucking sucks my, <laughs> my hot take is that split diopter <laughs> shots are fucking trash unless they're really good unless they're brilliant they're fucking awful and this movie uses them constantly the one that is most um, noticeable is the one in the classroom where Tommy is sitting in the foreground mm-hmm. at his desk and then Carrie is at her desk at the back of the room uh, and they're both in focus. Yeah. That would not traditionally be doable with right, either right, Tommy right. or Carrie would be in focus in a particular shot unless you changed the framing or did some other stuff. Um, but with a split diopter, you can get them both in focus. And this movie does it a ton and I fucking hate split diopter shots. I think they look shitty. I hate I again, unless they are done brilliantly. The one in Jaws is pretty good. There's one in some Robert Redford movie that I've seen. I can't remember what which one it is is pretty good. There's a, a handful of them at different times where I'm like, "Ah, that works okay there." Uh the Cohen brothers used to use them pretty often in some of their early stuff. I don't know if they still do or not, but and occasionally it would work in a Cohen brothers movie, but it's it's 
Also, I think you should use it like once in a movie. Mm-hmm. I think it should be one time. It's one of those things you get to do it like once. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like the vertigo zoom, which also is in Jaws. The thing where you push in while zooming out and you get the weird effect where like you push in on a person's face and like the background like. Yeah. And it gets it creates that like vertigo. It's called the vertigo because they did it in vertigo. But things like that can't overuse them. Mm-hmm. And De Palma uses it fucking constantly in this movie. And I fucking hate what it. What a fucking try hard. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. I fucking hate it. I I I I look. I am just not a fan of split after shots. If you're a person that likes them, cool. But I I don't know who likes them other than Brian De Palma and early Cohen Brothers. I, again, you can use them like once. If you have a particular scene in a particular uh-huh. moment, you can do it. But you also have to hide it. It's also you gotta do it in a way where you can hide the because there's a you can see the the split. Yeah. Like, you, you normally the best way to do it is to hide it on like a an edge of like a wall or a door frame or something where it like kind of hides the effect in this movie. It's constantly just right down the middle of the frame. Anyways, so this is big, big, uh, big director nerd uh, episode. <laughs> People get to find out all the things that I hate. The director. I, I like listening to you explain <laughs> film things. Uh, so you mentioned it earlier, but the, what, the scene where, Carrie's mom throws tea on her before prom. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene I thought was beautiful and brilliantly shot. And again, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's another one of those things it's where it's like, really like the lighting is, was lovely. The lighting is great. Scene. It's candlelit. And then the, we have the, it, we, we, most of it plays out from a wide where we can see both of them at the table with mm-hmm. the, a, a mural of yeah, a the last supper. Yeah, a giant mural of the last between supper. Them. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. I also love the moment where she throws the tea on her and then the light, the candles go out. It's, extinguishing her hope in that it's all brilliant. Yeah. like again it's, i never watched a movie where the director fluctuates so fucking far between absolute brilliance and absolute hack shit it's wild <laughs> it is it is maybe most reminiscent of like a Zack snyder thing yeah it's just crazy to me we have to talk but about i will say this uh, real quick i gotta say I, I want to clarify. I don't think Zach's not anything Zack snyder has ever done is as good as anything in carry <laughs> i do want to clarify that <laughs> But it's a similar <laughs> type of dynamic where he does some really good stuff at times. Mm-hmm. And then uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think I think the best stuff in Carrie is way better than anything <laughs> Zack Snyder has ever done. Just to clarify that for people out there. Anyway, sorry. I kind of want to put that on a T-shirt for you, too. What? I think the best stuff in Carrie is better than anything Zack Snyder's ever done. It's a little more wordy. It's a little more wordy, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay, anyway, we have to talk about the girl with the baseball cap. Mm, mm-hmm. There's a girl wearing a baseball cap every time we see her in this movie, which was not very noticeable at the beginning when they're like at school and in gym class. And then they show her briefly. There's a scene of her and the other girl with the glasses like at the hair salon getting their hair done before prom. And she's under one of those big like seated hair dryers where they put a big thing over yes. your head and she fucking has her baseball cap sitting on top of it. Yeah. They really like, leaned into that. It's like a cartoon. Does, does the hat thing at all in the book? No. Okay. I figured not. I was just making sure. 
Yeah, and no, then it's... she's wearing it at prom, like with her prom dress. She's got she's a baseball cap with like a rainbow button on yeah. it. Um, I also think it's like a it's is it like a it's like a My Little Pony hat or it's because it's got rainbows all over. Yeah, it. it's got well, it, maybe it could be Rainbow Bright. Oh, Rainbow Bright, maybe. yeah, something like well, that. Well, yeah. Rainbow Bright was more eighties. I, 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 I don't know, like, but and My Little I Pony I think was eighties too. I don't maybe know, she yeah. was gay. That's what I, I was like really wondering. I was like, what is because it has a rainbow? I don't know. Yeah, I don't probably know. Just I, a yeah, probably. I, and I don't. I honestly don't know off the top of my head when the rainbow became yeah. like prevalently probably not used yeah. for probably around this time. Close but to it, yeah. I don't know for sure. I like, and I don't know that that would have been like a recognizable symbol to general audiences at oh, that no. time, even if it was being used by the queer community, gay community. But designed by artist Gilbert Baker at the request of San Francisco City Supervisor and first openly gay elected official in the history of California, Harvey Milk, the original rainbow flag made its debut at San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade celebration on June 25th, 1978. So after this, after because okay. it's 76, right? This yeah. Movie, yeah. Okay, so maybe she's not a, a, a gay icon. <laughs> an evil, an evil, an, gay, an evil gay icon. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, gay people are allowed to be villains. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Some of the best villains are gay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, thanks, Hayes Code. Um, so the scene where they're decorating the gym, which you brought up earlier, I just want to mention that in this scene, Sue is at the top of a terrifyingly tall ladder. I was worried <laughs> watching her in this scene because she's at the top. You like, you know how high a school gymnasium ceiling is. Yeah, she's like all the way up at the ceiling. Yeah, on this ladder, in wedges and bell bottoms. That is not safe. That is, it's not OSHA approved. She's fine. <laughs> she seems fine. <laughs> it's the seventies. Nobody cared. <laughs> Climbed ladders and died half the time. That's how it worked back then. <laughs> well, you had you just climbed ladders and died. Yeah. Uh, but this brings us to the scene at prom that we've mentioned several times at this point. The one scene, some as I said, from when prom starts till the end of the movie, brilliant. Chef's kiss, ten out of ten, except for one except shot. Except for this one shot, shot which is, is intentional. But also, I hate it, and also I don't care awful. if it's intentional. I could not imagine watching this on the big screen. Oh my god, I would have to close. I would my have eyes. had to. Yes, I, I, I. Because we watched it, so they're dancing, yes. they're slow dancing, and then they spin, and the camera spins. The opposite direction. So yes. they're spinning, and they're clearly on a, a Lazy Susan of some sort, because yeah. they're spinning way faster than physically yeah. feasible so for they're, them. Yeah, they're spinning, and the camera's spinning the opposite direction, and we sit on this for like a full five minutes. Oh my god, it's forever. I thought I was going to hurl. I legitimately felt the most nauseous i've ever yes. felt watching a movie i was i was sitting there I had, I, like yeah. i i i felt like i was gonna throw up yes watching no it. i felt physically on and i'm not i'm not exaggerating at all I, I, not even the slightest bit i felt really unwell for like 10 minutes after that yeah. scene happened i was like oh my god and now i will say i still was able to enjoy the movie it wasn't so bad that i wasn't able to enjoy what was happening but oh my god, it was like I, I was literally physically nauseated by that in a way that was like really obnoxious. And again, I'm sure that was at least partially intentional. Yeah. Because and again, and we're definitely with the spinning and her like being lost in the moment and the spinning and the 
like I know what we're going for there, and I, and again, I think it kind of works, but it was too much to the point. Like I said, if if you're to the point where I'm physically feeling unwell, mm-hmm. uh, dial it back like a touch. <laughs> like you can still get the same effect without making me feel like I'm gonna puke. Like if this was a Saw movie and like a character was like in a trap that where yeah. they were physically like going to throw up. I could ab- imagine a movie trying to make you also feel physically ill. That is not what's going on here. There is something it's trying to make you physically uncomfortable, but it just goes a little too far in mm-hmm. my opinion into like, I feel really unwell. <laughs> this is not good. I don't like it. Please stop. Uh, but right after that, we get the big, long uh, one take shot through prom, which is just brilliant. The camera moves through the entire prom. We watch all this stuff happen. It goes and we see Billy and Chris under the stage then it moves around to behind the stage and we see Sue come in behind the stage. Then it goes up the rope that is like on the backdrop mm-hmm. of the stage and then over to the the bucket up there. And then it swings around and we even move up even further and tilt down and, and and focus on Carrie and Tommy out in the crowd. It's a, just a fucking brilliant wonder through this whole prom. Uh, like just a genuinely fantastic shot uh, that I was like, yeah, no, that's, I get it. Like, again, I, I, I don't know how all of this stuff is all in the same movie. Like I don't, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy to me. I just had a note here about how the movie like kind of like really drags out the, that yeah, climax. which again, I think yeah. works really well. I, yeah, but, I think it works. Yeah. Um, but so after all the prom stuff happens, my last couple note here is that she she goes home and when she gets home, uh, I actually saw somebody criticizing this online. I can disagree entirely. Um, the shot where she gets walks up in front of her house, it's like a low angle shot looking up at her house. Her house in the doorway is center frame and mm-hmm. the stairs going up to her house. And she like walks in covered in blood. And then she walks up the stairs slowly and we just linger on it the whole time. It's so fucking good. Also, I didn't mention earlier, but specifically, there's so many good shots in the prom scene, but specifically, and it's one of the most famous shots from the movie, the silhouette of her with all the flames behind her covered in yes. blood. On the, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. fucking stunning. Just yeah. so good. But then she goes up, the big long shot out front where she walks into the house, I thought was just great and brilliant, kind of building the anticipation of the confrontation with her mother. But then when she gets into the house, she walks up in because she lives in like the attic or whatever. Mm -hmm. She goes up to her bedroom to go take a bath. And that we linger on that shot in the as she goes up the stairs and the light is like blasting up behind her up the stairs. And again, she's almost silhouetted in front of the stairs. And we and there's like this dummy or it's like or it's the thing she had her dress on is like in the corner and the door to her bedroom is open. And it's just like we're focused on Carrie and she eventually walks into her room. And after she does that, the camera like slowly pushes in and we notice that her mom is standing behind the fucking door, like lurking in the shadows. And it's so fucking creepy. (laughs) It's so good. Oh, the whole end of this movie is just incredible. Uh, I will say, though, by the time she gets home and is taking a bath, that the blood is way too bright red. Yeah, it would, it would be a lot darker. It would by be that much point. darker by that point. Yeah, it's yeah. like bright red. Yeah, when she's bathing. Uh, and then everything wraps up. Carrie, blah, 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 all this stuff. But we get this last scene with Sue. Is that her mom gets a call on the phone and she's like kind of explaining what happened to whoever mm-hmm. she's talking to. And she goes, "Well, the good news is that the doctors say that Sue's young enough that she'll forget all about everything that happened, and she'll be fine or whatever." And so, because we both in this moment were like, uh, excuse me, she what? is a senior in <laughs> yeah, high school. She's not she is, three years old. Yeah, she is not going to forget this. What are you talking about? 
And I think what we're doing here is this this is the mom's sort of a delusion on the like she's yeah. telling she's trying to tell herself this that oh it'll be fine things will be fine and so she's telling other people that um and I think that's what we're going for which I think works and I think is a, is a kind of a dark kind of ending to the film uh assuming that is what they're going for because otherwise it makes <laughs> literally no sense but I did also really like the way that the movie ends with the, it's a good jump scare you jumped I saw you <laughs> when I, that, I knew about that jump scare and I still yeah, jumped yeah when Carrie's hand comes out of the the rubble and grabs her in her dream or whatever but then she wakes up and she's like screaming and her mom comes in and is like trying to like comfort her or whatever and the way she's holding her and then with the conversation previously uh, to me at least I read that as like this is kind of like a cyclical start of another mm. problematic relationship between mother and daughter that is going yeah. to end poorly potentially, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Um, if that's what they were going for, maybe not. I don't know. All right. As always, you can do us a giant favor by heading over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads. Let us know what you thought of the movie. And we'll talk about that on the next prequel episode. Again, that'll be in a couple weeks time. Cause we're going to take a little hi- hiatus while we go on our honeymoon. <laughs> If you want to do us a favor, though, you can head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else where you listen to our show. Drop us a little five-star rating and write us a review. All of that stuff helps. Really appreciate it. And finally, if you really want to help us, head over to patreon.com slash this film is lit and support us there for a few bucks a month. If you give us five bucks a month or more, you get access to bonus content we just released yesterday, our review of Black Swan. Mm-hmm. We just talk about whatever. So if you want to hear us talk about another, uh, another, another great mother daughter trauma, mother daughter trauma fest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so go check out our our discussion on Black Swan. Uh, I thought that was a, a pretty good episode uh, that is out now. And uh, yeah, uh, that's that's all that. Katie, it's time for the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence, but there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterward. Upon going into Carrie, I had little more than surface-level knowledge of the property gained through cultural osmosis. And I'll be honest, there were moments in both the book and the movie when I wanted so badly to file this story under good for her. At its core, this is a tragedy about a teenager who is failed by every single person around her, And the part of me that's still a hurt teenager who wanted to burn it all down cheered for Carrie when she got to burn it all down. But it's not a victory for Carrie. As I said, this is a tragedy, and it's a tragedy with no notes of triumph. Neither the book nor the movie are without their faults. The movie is uncomfortably voyeuristic and sexual at times. I found a lot of the creative choices odd to say it as nicely as I can. Some character motivations that needed to be explored more fully simply aren't, like Sue and Tommy, resulting in something that feels off at times. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. I'm not sure that this movie would have become a beloved horror classic without Sissy Spacek's performance. The book provides a much fuller picture of the characters and narrative but is bogged down by the looming presence of its adult male author. Let's cancel Stephen King. (laughs) Well, now, while I think Stephen King might have done the best he conceivably could. That's, you know, that's usually the case for Stephen King. He's doing his best as as, as an old white guy. His language choices in regard to Carrie's body and in particular her breasts are uncomfortable (sighs) at best and not in a thematic or thought-provoking way. 
movie captured that at least in some yeah, yeah. regard. Yeah. I know that nobody likes remakes, especially of beloved classics, and I know nobody liked the 2013 remake. But I I think that this book deserves an adaptation that looks at it through more of a feminist lens. Like, I, I would love to see an adaptation that gets like a Jennifer's body type treatment that really embraces the fact that this is about a teenage girl and all of the horror that comes along with that. I truly don't want to jump in here too much, but I do. I think that Jennifer's body just is that movie. Yeah, like it kind of just is. It kind that of movie. just is. Yeah, but I like. But I, I, I would. Point, I yes. would love to see somebody like Diablo Cody get a yes. crack at yeah. this at this property. Yeah, I thought that the movie was fine. I also thought the book was fine. And despite the book's faults, I think that its layered, more expansive nature gave the story and the characters the breathing room that they needed. And for that reason, I'm giving this one to the book. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm sure that may be a little controversial. It might but be I'm... a little controversial, but I, we've established that Brian De Palma is a try-hard hack. Yes. So. That's also going to be controversial. <laughs> Come at me, Brian De Palma. <laughs> um uh, I have three words for you, though, which I think might be, uh, you know, I could understand. I don't know if she's ever done a movie like this, but Greta Gerwig's Carrie. I would love that. Yeah. I would adore that. Yeah. Like, like I mean, it, Lady Bird like, is like half yeah, the way yeah, there. Lady Bird is half the way there. <laughs> like Greta Gerwig or like Di- I Diablo Cody I yeah. mentioned earlier. And I'm sure there's a ton of other filmmakers. Yes. Those are just like first to mind because of, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I, I I think there's a I think there's a lot there to be. And like to be fair, I have not seen the 2013 I, remake. I also don't the, know who wrote it. 2013 that. might lean into that more. Yeah. Um, I looked it up earlier as a, a gender queer person oh, okay. um, directed the 2013 remake. Yeah, I, I read I read the it. synopsis and it sounded a little like mired in its time. Yeah. Um, as a lot of movies of that era were. Yeah. But. Hmm. Yeah. No, it could be. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, I might have to like, check that one out. At I, some I point. would just love to see something that really leans into the like Mean Girls aspect, like you know, Mean Girls, Jennifer's Body, oh, like yeah. really digging into the like teenage girl puberty horror aspect of this story the, the yeah it's interesting because so yeah it's directed by um uh the, that 2013 one again not to get too, too far off in the weeds on this but it's directed by kimberly pierce who mm-hmm. did uh boys don't cry who yeah. which is the the movie about uh, a trans yeah. man from it was from like 1999 or something like that uh, also directed an episode of the l word uh and a handful of other things um that I think seems like they, they would potentially have an interesting mm-hmm. perspective to bring to it. So I, I actually wonder, I'd be actually really interested to watch the 2013 version just to see like, yeah. how, like if it is bad or if it is how it worked yeah. or maybe it was, yeah. you know, panned because of, you know, shitheads. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I know nothing about um, it. But. HBO max recommended it to us immediately. Upon yeah, finishing. Fin- we finished Carrie and HBO max was like more Carrie. You want to watch the 2013 one right now, immediately after watching the original? Nah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Katie, what's next? 
Uh, well, following our two-week hiatus, where we will be on our honeymoon, mm-hmm. we will be returning at the beginning of November to talk about Bridge to Terabithia. Can we not have miserable things happen for a movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Going straight from Carrie to Bridge to Terabithia. Sick. <laughs> Be miserable. All Did right. you read that? No, I know nothing about it yeah. other than I know the other ending is miserable. The ending is miserable. Yes, that's yeah. all I know about. That's... I don't even know what the ending is. I just know that it's like famously like miserable. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Until we, we see you again, it'll be a couple weeks. Uh, guys, gals, non-binary pals, and everybody else. Keep reading books, keep watching movies, and, and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.